Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany, and I would like to welcome you to today's World of Gaming, your number one podcast, where we discuss everything that the world of gaming has to offer, games, news, technology, and we go through basically everything that happened over the course of the week. And for those who follow me on Twitter, um, you might have already heard that this show is now also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the good stuff. So if you want to listen after the fact, you can do that now via a podcast service of your convenience and for those that do listen on audio only i definitely recommend to also check the show out on youtube because we have an awesome live chat here um the best community out there and so i want to say a big thanks for everyone who has already tuned in and of course a hello to everyone who listens after the fact but enough with the self-advertisement let me welcome today's guest mr chess corden from windows central the face of windows central gaming yeah co-host of the xbox 2 podcast and fellow lover of mayo on fries so welcome to the show <laughs> hello there thank you very much for having me awesome beer shout out to all the peeps and uh i'm also based in germany but i don't speak german unfortunately so, it's, so we keep it to coming English. along slowly yeah <laughs> i think that might, that might be for the best <laughs> all right all right yeah we have an international community here so it's it's probably better to stick with english um but man thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule um and in case that anyone of the listeners don't know who chess is or just likes to hear what he does uh, on social or windows central you can find all his links in the dis description of the show just click there you find everything windows central twitter etc etc so, okay, um, we are going to have an awesome show here today. Um, even though the news were relatively light this week, um, we have something great planned. Um, I talked to Chess, we discuss a little bit the game roadmap, because if we have an insider and uh, someone who knows the industry so well like you do, Chess, uh, we have to talk a little bit about the Xbox game roadmap. But before we do that, um, I want to start the, a gaming podcast with a little bit about uh, or with a little chat about the games that we actually play. So this week we had a couple of releases. Um, Lost Ark came out um, on PC. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from that game because it is a time sink and it is 110% my game. So uh, I, I have to postpone that until we have beaten Horizon and Elden Ring. So <laughs> yeah, Cyberpunk came out, um, the next gen patch, uh, obviously uh, a couple of releases on the Switch like ESS Creed Collection. Um, and yeah, on PC, we had Total Warhammer 3 um, launched just today, actually. And Horizon Forbidden West is obviously coming out tomorrow. So what have you been playing, Chess? I've been playing, I've been playing one game I can't talk about uh, at all. And um, which is very good, and uh, I think a lot of people are <laughs> going to be happy about that very soon. But I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls recently. Like anyone who anyone who watches watches my tweets and sees my Twitter, they'll probably have seen a lot of Dark Souls tweets over the last few weeks. I really wanted to get into the Souls likes because I wanted to get on the Elden Ring train and get on the Elden Ring hype. Yeah, I was like, I had this massive FOMO. I never never really played Souls like before. Like tried to get into Dark Souls a couple of times, and I just didn't get it. And I was just like, I'm I'm determined this time to get into Dark Souls. <laughs> and I and I did. It it finally clicked. And now now I'm obsessed. So yeah. um, I've been playing I can't Dark blame Souls you. Remastered. Yeah. They yeah. the Souls games are awesome. I I played a ton of them um 
many years ago. I started with Demon Souls, was my first Souls game, obviously, and then. But when I became a father, I kind of lost the patience um, because you have <laughs> just less game time. Yeah, I you you need. I, I lost the patience, yeah. but uh, I'm definitely getting back into Elden Ring again. Uh, the last game I played was Dark Souls Three, um, but I never actually finished it. I just. Yeah, like I said, the, I didn't have the patience, but Elden Ring is so good. That's yeah. fair. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's um, they're they're special games. Like it, I, I really do feel like it's changed my taste in games. Like mm -hmm. I because like like you say, um, becoming a father changed your gaming habits, right? Yeah. Well, becoming like a games journalist kind of changed mine too. And one thing I really like about the Souls likes is is how light on taking control away from you they are like when i'm playing when i'm playing a game like um i don't know something with loads of cutscenes. Mm -hmm. i find like i get i get irritated with them because i'm often multitasking and it's like i can't <laughs> multitask if i'm if i'm being forced to watch like a 20 minute long cutscene to stay yeah. invested in the story but with the souls likes the story is kind of like it's there if you want it and it's there if you've got time for it and you can come back to it when you want to so yeah. like I really appreciate that aspect of them. They're just pure gameplay, and I yes. really appreciate that. What, what I, I always appreciated is the Sorry. is the deep RPG mechanics because in yeah. other RPGs you have them, but you sometimes really don't need them um, to understand how it works. But if you want to beat a Souls like game, you really have to take advantage of what the RPG system offers to you. So yeah. It is. They are super deep, and um, you know, yeah. at the on the on the downside, you can you can sort of make a character build that can almost break your progression, because like, I I like I was I was playing like in Dark Souls Remastered. I made this, I made a sorcerer my second playthrough, and I, I and I made it just such a total glass cannon. I got to a point in the game where pretty much everything was one hit killing me, and mm. I was just like. Man, I should have invested maybe a little bit more in stamina in there, but I, I did manage to dig myself out of that hole because at least you can grind if you make a mistake and stuff. But but yeah, it, it's uh they're special games. But you know, I and I was I was saying that like I do appreciate the fact they're light on story, but that being said, I have also been playing Cyberpunk 2077 again. Nice. Um, which you, you got some nice yeah. gameplay up on the screen because they released a big 1.5 patch. Yes. And um I haven't played it since launch. And um, I played it on PC, and I loved it. I, I went into the game with no expectations. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the marketing for it, which was probably a mistake because my opinion of it was very, <laughs> very different to everyone else's. Like, I feel like a lot of people were expecting like Grand Theft Auto Deus Ex or something, but I was just expecting open world Deus Ex, and that's basically what I yeah. got. So I was very happy with the game. And, um, uh, me too. I actually I played it on the Series X, and obviously it had bugs, yeah. But which open world game doesn't have them? <laughs> to be fair, yeah. So I thought it was very much playable at launch on the Series X. Um, I think m most of the issues obviously were um, yeah, on the last gen consoles, and I had a full playthrough. 80 something hours um, when it came out. I totally loved that game. Uh, was was awesome um i also went back tried it uh, with the new patch it looks and runs great now obviously they've done a lot um yeah. especially in performance mode they significantly increased the resolution we had the the performance mode before but um it was stuck at 1080p and that really helps now and 
Yeah, I'm doing another playthrough, but not right now. Uh, a little later this year, <laughs> because yeah, so many other games just came out. Yeah, I. Uh, it is. It's such a magical game. Like I. Yeah. And going back through, I'm just like, I just, I just came in from reviewing Dying Light, right? And yeah. which is Dying Light's had very positive reception. It's a very good game. But like you can't compare the open world of Dying Light to Cyberpunk. Like Cyberpunk's no. open world is so much better, so much more detailed, so much yeah. more, so much more depth in it. And like when I play open world games like Ubisoft open worlds or 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 Dying Light or some other open worlds now, I always compare them to Cyberpunk. And it's just like I can't go back to a non-Cyberpunk open world now. Um, yeah. As, and they've added a load of new open world features to it recently. Like I, I, I said on Twitter, I was just like, I was walking around and a body fell out the sky and landed in front of me. And at first mm. I was like, oh God, it's a bug. There's just a random NPC falling out of the sky. But no, it was a, 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 a stressed out corporate manager committing suicide by jumping out of a skyscraper <laughs> window. And, uh, and it, it's happened a bunch awesome. of times now and, and you hear it. It's like, ah. And then splat on the ground, yeah. And I was just like, man, it's it's just so much detail in that game, and I love it. Absolutely. And like you say, it runs really well in Series X now. So I'd say, I personally, I've, I've given it my recommendation. If you've got a Series X, then it's now's the time to play. But maybe not Absolutely. if you've got a Series S, though. Yeah, um, I, I was wondering why they didn't include a performance mode in that version. Um, they had the game running at 1440p, but 30 FPS, so 1080p, 60, I don't know. They have said that they're going to, CD Projekt Red have said they're going to explore getting it up to 60 yeah. frames on the Series S. But like, it's a very, because of all that detail and all that, all that stuff going on, stuff that you don't really realize and appreciate, um, because it, it is kind of seamless. Like the fact that like you can look out a window and see the whole open world. A lot of other games, they use sort of trickery to, to yeah. render interiors in maps and stuff. Cyberpunk like just streams the whole world and the interiors at the same time. So it is like there's there are trade-offs to that immersion, right? I think one of the trade-offs is that on the lower end consoles, the game really suffered. Like it really struggled on the PS4 and Xbox One. And it's kind of struggling on the Xbox Series Series S, so mm. um, but hopefully they can they can do something to get to get it up because you know the the performance on sort of mid range ish PCs ain't too bad either. So yeah, you know, I guess we'll have to sure. wait and see. Sure. What do you think about the timing? Because that that confused me a little bit. They randomly dropped that out of nowhere, basically in the middle of February, where we just had Dying Light. Yeah, I finished that two days ago. Uh, we have uh, Horizon Forbidden West, obviously. We have Elden Ring. We have Destiny. We have a couple of other games. Um, it's mad. This and is I the thought, cursed February. It's yeah, the right? cursed February. Lost <laughs> Ark. months in gaming. Plus Ark, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, it's a crazy month. This is the craziest February that I know. It's it's almost like, for some reason, all devs just looked at February and thought, yep, we're going to release every game ever made this month right in February. And then Cyberpunk came in out of nowhere, basically re-releasing the game. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's absolutely nuts. I mean, for in terms of workload, it's been really, really crazy. Lost Ark took our team by complete surprise. 
Like, yeah. I just thought I saw Lost Ark and I thought it's Amazon, it's free to play. Yeah, it'll probably be big, and but I I did not expect it to be breaking Steam records and shit. Oh, sorry, yeah. can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> okay, thank fuck. I mean, I mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all good <laughs> yeah no um that that game took a lot of people i think by surprise i didn't have it on my radar i knew it was coming but i thought yeah another cheap Di- diablo clone um but yeah it is uh, apparently really really good um everyone i know who plays it loves it um and is totally hooked and um they just yesterday they, they they announced that they will add a lot of more servers across Europe because they can't keep up with the demand uh, with so many people playing the game. So yeah, I will be playing that um, probably in March or something. <laughs> All right, um, yeah. With Cyberpunk, um, I was I was a little confused because they like you you said it, they had a relaunch kind of thing and i was wondering why didn't they move it to march or when when they have a better spotlight and not get crushed with all the other releases that's that's kind of weird yeah i think that kind of thinking like you know people have been waiting long enough for this game to be updated so like if it's ready let's just push the updates live they haven't they haven't like i was thinking that they'd wait and then actually release it as like a, a special edition like cyberpunk you know ultimate edition or something like that and pro- give it try to give it a proper relaunch with a branding yeah but i'm i'm kind of glad they've done it this way because they do owe it to people who bought the game day one to fix the issues with it yeah. like I had a pretty good experience on PC. Yeah, there were bugs and glitches, but I thought they were pretty standard for an open world game. Like Witcher 3 was buggy at launch and Skyrim was buggy at launch and God, from Fallout New Vegas was way buggier than Cyberpunk was at launch, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe people don't remember, but I never like... I, I, some of the bugs I had in New Vegas were hilarious. Like I'd like walk into a house and then, oh, the house has no floor. And just fall yeah. through the floor and and then spawn back into the house and there was still no floor. So like, you know, I never <laughs> had anything that crazy in Cyberpunk, but um obviously the console versions were a different story and press we yeah. never had access to those versions of the game. So yeah. but uh, what really encouraged me about Cyberpunk was it wasn't just performance fixes, it was features too. Like they added yeah. you can change your you can change your hairstyle now. They've added a bunch of new weapons. I found I found a few of them already. They've rebalanced a lot of the the gameplay progression mechanics, so making a build feels more deep now. You can't and just the inventory up. is improved a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, even in like uh, ray tracing mode, the perfor- the performance in the inventory is still at sixty frames, and you know re re performing and. They've uh, they've retuned the cold blood tree and the vehicle handling's better. You can do burnouts with the vehicles now, and yeah, you know, there's all kind. There's so many like little tweaks and little upgrades and little improvements yeah. they've done. Um, Quality of life so, improvements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's sort of making me hopeful that we're sort of getting out of fixing the game now and more towards adding content to the game, expansions yeah. and stuff like that. Because The Witcher Story Three DLC. had some of the yeah, The Witcher yeah. Three had some of the best DLC ever right. in gaming. Yeah, um, the, those those two expansion packs for Witcher Three were just incredible value. Dozens yeah. of hours of gameplay and really good content. So, um, I think the game will get back to you know reach its full potential. But I, I just I'm obsessed with it. So I just love it. But I'm I'm yeah. like you know I'm 
I'm an Akira fanboy, and it's it's this is sort of my dream game. You know, it was at launch, and it still is. So I'm pretty happy with it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It is a great game. It is a great game, definitely. Let me catch up on some of the super chats that already came in. First, I want to thank um, two people, Mr. Joanna Darik and Chaos Might, for becoming a channel member. Thank you guys uh, so much. That will grant you early access to all the videos on the channel. Appreciate the support. Then we have my friend Wandering Dutch riding in with a super chat. Um, says Dark Souls intervention team has arrived for chess. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we, I think it, wow. it was a fairly long discussion here. Um, and then we have um, where is it there? Uh, Aaron JF um, says, Chess, teach me how to play Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a lot of guides about Elden Ring on Windows Central. Like the, the whole team is going to be working on guides for that game. So um, nice. if you want to get into it, we'll, we'll have content for you. No worries. Nice. That's definitely a, gal a game where, where a guide can help you, especially when you're, when you're getting started with it. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to see that. All right. Um, anything else you've been playing, or should we move on to the news? That's pretty much it, really. I, I've just been, I yeah. just been playing. I've been playing Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Remastered, second playthrough, a secret game I can't talk about, and Cyberpunk. Yeah. And um, I don't think I'll be playing anything else in the foreseeable, frankly. Um, you so, played anything interesting? Yeah, I, I finished Dying Light Two two days ago. Um, I loved it. Um, it was a really good game. The, the traversal, the parkour system, great. I didn't get the criticism of the story. I really liked the story and the choices that mm. you could make. Um, so I definitely had fun with that. And then I tried Crossfire X, and good lord, is that awful! <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I played like I played like a couple of matches in Crossfire X, and I was just like, nah, this ain't for me. No, <laughs> I just noped out of that one pretty quick. Not at all, and I also jumped into the the campaign. Um, and like thirty minutes in, I said, "Nah, nope, I have better <laughs> games to play." <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I also played a little bit of Cyberpunk. I started a complete new playthrough here. Um, you can see a little footage uh, running here in parallel. That's very early in the game, so no major spoilers here. Um, I always try to pay attention when the when I record gameplay that I show on the show that there are no story spoilers or so included. So that's basically uh, early in the game, and you can see it runs on performance mode very nicely. Great looking game, yeah. But that's uh, about it. And um, so I would say we move on to the few news bits that we had over the course of this week. <laughs> All right. Um, it's, <laughs> I do like the jingles. <laughs> you do uh, like quite, quite approved, yeah. it. It gives the show a little structure, you know, um, and it also helps me uh, to t keep up with uh, the the timeline uh, tags. Um, so let me just write it down. After twenty minutes, I need to put a tag in into the <laughs> YouTube video. All right. Um, I have a couple of news, um, smaller news bits. One thing I wanted to discuss with you, I wanted to really hear your thoughts um, as being one of the well-known, on social media, well-known um, game journalists is 
You have heard about that Martha is that game and PlayStation apparently censored a certain scene of it. And for those who yes. haven't heard it, um, it's a horror game and there's a certain scene in the game that is uncensored on PC and Xbox and PlayStation has something in their policies that made the developer um, to yeah, basically censor that. And I wanted to discuss with you censorship in games. Um, what's your point and take on this? Is this okay for a platform holder to intervene at a certain point um or do you say hey we are all ad adults <laughs> we can make our own yeah. choices i think i think there is there are some there are there is some content that should be censored i mean obviously when it comes to like you know uh, stuff that could be seen as you know glorification of you know uh, porn pornographic elements that are sort yeah. of like they're just gratuitous or whatever and they're not really like to do with the story and they don't have context but i know the scene that they censored in martha is dead because i've actually played the game unlike a lot of people who've commented on it and i've yeah. actually experienced the scene myself when i previewed the game last summer i previewed the game okay. and i actually experienced the scene myself now the scene in question and i'm not going to spoil it because it's important to the story and i'm not going <laughs> to spoil it because like I wrote in my preview, it was mind blowing. When I got to that scene, I was like, "Oh my god, that's gonna scar me for life." Uh, but it's it's a good scarring because it's like okay. I I want to feel I want to feel when I play, I don't know about you, but when I play a game, I want to feel emotionally impacted. And yeah. it's a lot a lot of the time these days, games just don't make me feel anything. Like when I when I play Ubisoft game, for example, and I hate on Ubisoft a lot lately, I find, but I just <laughs> find Ubisoft games to be so devoid of having a soul you know they they don't mm. do anything risky they always go back to the same sort of safe themes the safe like all formula. their games how yeah, yeah they always have the same safe themes the same safe formula the villains always seem to do have the same motivations in all their games because they're so afraid of upsetting people right and and that's fair enough you know if you if you want to make a game that like doesn't upset anyone then you know that's fine that's a valid that's a valid business reason to do that thing do that kind of thing but martha is dead is different Mar the the devs making martha is dead they they want to make something you'll remember and mm -hmm. um what they what the scene in question is wholly relevant to the story and i can't really go into it too much detail without spoiling it but if you if you hear what people are saying without context, you might just think, oh, it's just you know, gratuitous violence for the sake of it. Kind of like maybe I I feel this way about Saw two and Saw three and Saw four mm -hmm. and like and, and movies like Hostel, where it's yeah. just like yeah, it's violence for the sake of it or whatever. But it's not like that in Martha is Dead. It's more like Saw one. Like in Saw one. The whole movie builds up to this one really violent, uncomfortable scene. Yeah. And you remember it. You remember that scene. And I won't tell you what it yeah. is again because it's spoilers. But Saw 1 is legendary for this particular scene. It is. Indeed, I, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Martha is Dead is the same way. And I think if you remove the scene in question, it really damages what they're going for here with the character's mm. psyche. Because it's a it's a nightmare sequence. It's not even like it's not even like it's um as far as I'm aware anyway. Um it's not even like it's sort of um you know 
it's just a horror game. It's like it's like a cutscene, basically. It's a sequence, and but it, it's a, it's relevant to the story and it's relevant to the character development. So I find this particular instance of censorship to be very irritating, and mm. it also irritates me as well that a lot of people are defending the censorship because they're all like, "Oh well, the scene sounds gross anyway," just because they they're <laughs> doing it out of fanboyism, really, because they yeah. they can't they don't want to criticize Sony for anything. Yeah, and yeah. um. And I think, like, I do think in this in this particular case, it's ridiculous. But mm. I do think that game developers and platform holders, they do have a responsibility to some degree to vet content and make sure that certain types of content don't make it past their senses. Um, yeah. Some stuff's just disgusting for the sake of it or it's there for shock value and stuff like that. But in this case, I really do feel like it was art and I really feel like Sony's overstep the mark a bit here and mm. the fact that xbox didn't censor it because i know xbox yeah. is very careful with this stuff to yeah. me that's just sony being you know there's not there's not really better they have special it, policy, they, they policies sometimes yeah um see obviously being a german i'm i'm well known to censor censorship in games um in germany yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a lot of games are censored. Yeah, obviously, for instance, Wolfenstein. Yeah, we we can't uh, depict the uh, Nazi symbol. What's it? Uh, swastika or something in swastika? Like, yeah, yeah. English, yeah I yeah, never can pronounce that right. Um, yeah, you, you you're not allowed to depict um, that symbol in in any entertainment product. Um, so, for instance, those games are censored. And also, when it comes to a lot of gore, um, usually the German government censors a lot of stuff out. Just recently, Dying Light 2, I had to play a censored uh, version of it. Yeah, some of the the blood was turned white, and they had to remove some really? of the animations. Yeah, yeah, it is. See, it's funny because like my Xbox is set to UK, so I don't I don't get some of that censorship. That yeah. being said, when I first came to Germany, my Xbox wouldn't let me download Gears of War 2. Yes, because it, it's it like came, it's never blocked. came out. Gears 3 yeah. was the first Gears game that officially released in Germany. The first two were, um, yeah, forbidden because they were too gory <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I um, <clears throat> I lost my first Xbox account because of that. Um, that was at the end of the 360 generation, um, so 10, 11 years ago, something like that. Um, I put my location to the UK. And it, I bought, it was either Wolfenstein or Doom, one of the two games um, in, in the uncensored version. And um, Microsoft banned my account for that. So, <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sucks. I, know, I noticed as well, I couldn't, um, I, couldn't I couldn't even download Hexen on Steam in Germany. It yeah. won't let me download Hexen. I was like, I... Hexen? Really? Pic pixel violence is censored yeah. in Germany? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, it's, they uh, removed, yeah. last. I think it was last year or maybe two years ago, they removed the, the original Doom from that um, uh, index list. <laughs> um, so that was the first time oh, the right. original yeah. Doom was available in Germany. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm already well aware. Like, yeah. yeah. Pa pardon me? I was just saying, like, Germany's gotten better. Like, it doesn't send... Yeah. I haven't... I've most games aren't censored in Germany now. Like it hasn't irritated me because censorship really irritates me. Because no. like we we don't really have any in, in England. Like that you can get as violent as you want with media in England. But um, yeah. 
I think I most know the US are, are relatively right. restrictive when it comes to sexualized content. So yeah, uh, Conan the... Exiles was censored in America, which yeah, is, yeah, because so, of its uh, penises, which is exactly. hilarious. To me. Yeah, you can you can shoot everyone in the head, but you're not allowed to depict the boob or something like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, no. knowing censorship in games, it just sucks. I like you said in the, in the very beginning, there are certain things that where where I can agree with censorship. There was, for instance, I can't remember the name. This one game that came out on PC that. Um, where the entire game was about uh, walking around raping women, for instance, stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's, just of, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And and in stuff with uh, with something like that, I can totally understand censorship. But in general, I know how it sucks to to have censored games and to have these because you sometimes really can tell in dying light i was able to tell okay that animation was never supposed to look like this um because there was just something um censored out and i i was also surprised that uh, sony has these apparent special policies um for censorship and um we have the m ratings or in germany they're called a, a ratings 18 so did you only allowed to to play it when you're 18 or older and um they are there for for a reason and um in the end we are adults and i think we can handle uh, the violence and if if not the game is simply not for us um like you said yeah. don't take out the the creative vision of, of a developer out of the game um that's... yeah the 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 real irony about all this stuff with martha is dead is it's probably the best marketing for the game ever yeah because now it's like it's it was so bad that Sony censored it. Now I want to play it for real, <laughs> you know. Especially <laughs> yeah. given the fact that it's not censored on Xbox or PC. Um, honestly, I I um I'm a big fan of narrative adventure games. Generally, like I I wanna I wanna shoot things, you know, in my narrative yeah. adventure games or my horror games rather. I like I like Resident Evil. Like the 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 most I'll, I'll accept is like Silent Hill, where there's combat, but maybe the combat's really not really the point of the game. Yeah. But um, Martha is Dead is not going to be a combat kind of game. It's it's like a, it's a narrative adventure horror game, kind of uh, similar to maybe your Outlast and stuff like that, where there are the tools medium. in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the medium, maybe like there there are tools in the game. Um, for example, you have you have a camera in the game, and uh, photography is a big part of the game, actually. Um, okay. the, the main character is into photography and uh, part of it is kind of like a fatal frame if you've ever, if you've ever played that um, not where known. it's like, yeah it's like uh, you sort of you take photographs and like you know weird weird shit appears in the photographs you know and helps you solve helps you solve aspects of the story and progress the story forward and that kind of thing so mm. um, but I, I did feel like there was enough interactivity in the game that it made me want to keep going and play play it more, even though it doesn't have combat in it. Because you have to develop the photos, and you know you have to get involved in some of that stuff in in sort of in a deeper way than some of these other narrative adventure games. So, um, and also it's it's disgusting. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, what? You know, I I ain't squeamish. You know, I've 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 seen a lot of horror movies in my time, but Martha is Dead was like. Man, that is that is pretty grim. What what is having me do right now? Okay. Um. And so I was just like, it's it's burned on my mind. It really is. So mm. I'm really intrigued to see what else, what what else the game has to offer. And um, 
I hope more yeah. people will check it out now because they become aware of it because of this censorship, <laughs> which is really funny. Yeah, best viral marketing you can have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, um, we had a rumor this week um, coming from Jeff Krupp. I think you have heard of him before. <laughs> um, yeah, he something. Yeah. Uh, Golden Eye Remaster might be announced by Microsoft soon. Um, yeah. Within the next couple of weeks, actually. Interesting. So, um, have you anything heard anything about this? Um, and, and do you think it's a good idea to remaster that game? Or I I haven't heard anything on my end. Like um, Jeff's Jeff's honestly got better sourcing than me on a lot of this stuff. Like a lot mm. of my information comes from I don't know. Uh, sort of when uh, when Microsoft starts working with its with their partners is when I often get information, right? So, mm. like, uh, because partners are often more likely than Microsoft itself. But Jeff yeah. Jeff has better sourcing on what's actually going on inside Microsoft at the time. and um, But I haven't heard anything myself from through my sources. But when, when it comes to how I feel about GoldenEye, I played the original quite a lot, actually. Me and my friends used to play the multiplayer yeah, a lot. Um, lot of lot of arguments over that game you know a lot of c4 <laughs> c4 abuse in that yes, game yes uh, blow people up and uh it's it a very 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 smart kind of multiplayer game um i enjoyed it a lot as a kid but i also kind of feel like it wouldn't hold up by today's <laughs> yeah like the way it really doesn't i played it last year yeah. i i hooked up my own oh, really? n64 and tried it and it, it holds up <laughs> really bad really bad yeah but i have the best I, memories I, yeah i, I seem to yeah. remember like you had to hold down one of the buttons to to sort of aim precisely and stuff and Really, yeah. really strange controls. Like, like the N64 controllers were just strange in of themselves. Like, they were designed for people with three hands or something. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, and we are not really not used to have only one stick on a controller, and you had to do yeah, what so the, the, the right thumbstick usually does with four buttons, and that really yeah. doesn't hold wow. up well. So, yeah, that, that game definitely needs a, a, a remaster, but I think it is a, a, a great IP. Um, it uh, I spent way, way too many hours on that. Um, speaking of censorship, that was also a censored uh, game here in, in Germany. Um, and oh, really? I was actually at the time an, an exchange student in London. Um, for my school, we had an exchange program. And I oh, bought wow. it in London, took it back home. And I was the king on, on the schoolyard because I had the uncensored version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, let's see if if this will be actually announced. Um, it is it is a classic game, and um, I don't think uh, remaster is what it needs. It probably needs a proper remake. So let's see uh, what we will get. I imagine they'll revamp the controls and and stuff like that if they if they yeah. are bringing it back. And you know, Jeff Jeff tends not to be wrong about this stuff. So um, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. But I don't think it'll be like. I don't think it'll be sort of a lot of people lately. I mean, we're going to, this is one of the topics you brought up, but like a lot of the people are very, very sort of eager for some news about the Microsoft, you know, games and franchises right now. And I feel yeah. like this won't, this won't be enough to satisfy people. I, yeah, I so, agree. Um, I, I agree. Let's use yeah. that as a segue into our next topic. Our next topic. Um, 
you guys on Windows Central had a, an amazing, uh, great article uh, up there about, uh, I think it was from Miles, um, yes. about whether uh, Xbox needs that um, kind of Nintendo Direct format. Because Microsoft is currently having like one big show at E3 or during E3 week um, and the year, and we wait the entire year for that one show and then they have a couple of announcements and then it's more or less a, another year's silence. Um, we have the Game Awards at the end of the year where they sh show maybe one, two trailers, but that's about it. And um, Nintendo does it, Sony also does it to some degree, at least they give um, certain games, certain spotlight shows um, uh, with their state of place. Um, but it was a great read. Um, I have the link in the description. It's uh, does Xbox need a Nintendo Direct format? Something like every three months or so, uh, 20, 30 minutes long, where they give us a proper update on what's coming. Um, let us hear your thoughts, Jess. So, uh, Miles Dompier wrote this. Dompier, Dompier. Uh, he's he's yeah. he's got a French he's got a French name. <laughs> French so, name. Dompier. You know, it's, uh, yeah. He wants you know, wants to be complicated with with his pronunciation of his name. But yeah, Miles is a great guy, and um, this is a lot of great work from Windows Central. And he wrote this article saying, "Does Microsoft need their own sort of Nintendo Direct?" I personally totally agree. I think yeah. like the the sort of the formula, especially in a post E three post COVID pandemic world, I think the world has sort of moved on from this idea of we need one big marketing show a year, you know, and um, yeah. increasingly the game awards have become that kind of show, whereas E three sort of decreased in relevance over the years and it was decreased in relevance even before the pandemic there was a yeah. lot of, there was a lot of questions about whether it was even necessary anymore which yeah. is why e3 opened itself up to fans in the first place because originally e3 was press only like only yeah. press could attend well but, but even um, before the press it was actually all retailers only <laughs> yeah so you know it's um it's it's crazy how things yeah. have evolved and how like uh, developers and PR teams now they they know they can go direct to influencers and and bypass the press entirely, which you know yeah. um, has its plus sides and downsides. But they can also go direct to fans with literally calling it Nintendo Direct. You know, um, that's literally a reference to how you're supposed to market things these days through the power of social media. You don't need the press as a mediator. You don't need the pre the press. The press don't have the sort of the sort of um, the platform real estate anymore to uh where you have to sort of run everything by them and you know yeah. go through their platforms and their audiences you can go straight to the audiences thanks to the power of social media but microsoft doesn't seem to have gotten that message somehow and i think there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think there's a lot of old school thinking at microsoft where they're like you know let's do things the old way and let's keep things e3 style and have these big press presentations and have like these sit down interviews with you know journalists um not journalists with presenters and hosts and stuff like that yeah and I, it's just it just doesn't it's just not cool anymore man you know <laughs> i i it's, agree, it's not yeah, I agree, yeah. cool it is it but, is um, 
marketing i, I want to yeah. say marketing has never been the proper strength of microsoft um, no, <laughs> uh, again not. i know in the us uh, a lot of things were diff are different but especially around here in europe marketing is really not their strength and like you said e3 became less and less relevant even before the pandemic sony bailed out of uh, e3 before the pandemic yeah um it, it became less and less irrelevant. And I know why people wanted it. it. It is a great thing for the industry as a whole. If you have that one week where you have all the buzz around video games and even uh, journalists outside of the gaming space report on video games during that week. So it has a lot of impact. But on the other hand, um, like you said, it kind of feels like a relic when you have these major presenters um having faked interviews when you can rather have um a well-known influencer just having also a direct chat chat with one of the executives and um give a pro probably a much more um what's a good english word um a better interview with a little bit more integrity um <laughs> If, if a, fr want. a more frank interview yeah if more frank frank interview, yeah. frank in interview. and yeah. um yeah and then of course the news cycles are faster these days that's also the case and yeah. if you have like one show and look look at 2020 uh, to now yeah we had uh stalker was supposed to come out in april that has now been moved to december and now we know that we have a game in november one in december and Redfall is still summer, probably late summer, um, and that's yeah. about it. And we know nothing. And we are waiting for June, so the first half of the year. We don't know anything <laughs> about what's coming out. Is, is no. that modern anymore? I totally agree here with you. Um, it's it's just like I I I the first time I went to E three, it was amazing. Like I I felt like. I've I've made it, you know. I really felt like that. I never thought in a million years I'd get to go to E3 yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's a it is a magical moment, like for everyone in the industry. And you know, back in the day, you know, we we call it like Christmas, you know, like as as we get older and you know, Christmas stops being so fun and interesting. E3 yeah. kind of became that for a lot of people, a lot of gamers, and like me and Rand on on the Xbox Two podcast, we ran polls during during the last show where we we discussed this topic. And it's still like a good 50% or more of people were still like, yeah, we prefer like one big show a year, you know? And I think there is like a lot of, you know, nostalgia almost about the show. And, you know, some of my favorite moments from, you know, you, you think about that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, there are big moments at E3 where you have the like, like epic build up and there's a huge trailer coming on and, you know, they tease the game and then, then boom, it comes on. It's like this big epic moment. Like, yeah. I always think about when they announced Killer Instinct and like the music came on and it was like, oh, oh my God. I know, I know that exact chime. I know that yeah. exact note. It's Killer Instinct. And it was just mind blowing, you know? You don't really get that impact with, um, to, to the same degree with like a direct stream potentially yeah 
That being said, there's a sort of there's a different kind of buzz with Nintendo Direct. Like there's always so much hype leading into a Nintendo Direct. So yeah. much social media traffic. Everyone talking about what what could be shown. Will Metroid Prime be there this time? Or are we going to get yeah. screwed on that again? And Nintendo <laughs> always does all these like Nintendo just does these wacky things. Like they make wacky games. Like I never would have yeah. thought the there'd be another one of those Mario football games. Well, I can't even remember what it's called now. But like I, I remember that from ages. Strikers. Yeah, strikers, yeah. yeah. I remember that from ages ago, and then it's like I never, I never thought we'd see that IP again. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo just, they just, they just play to their own drum. They play to their own beat. They, they, they're just crazy random and do all this yeah. wild shit, and you never know what to expect from, from uh, Nintendo Direct, which is really cool. And um, yeah, I would love it if Microsoft had something like that, but maybe they just. Absolutely. The the worry is, I think that Microsoft just doesn't have the content ready to make those kind of shows, and. And I think that's where a lot of anxiety comes from with discussions around this is like, if, you know, give us a Nintendo Direct, not because necessarily we care so much about the format, but more like mm. we're just desperate for something that isn't related to acquisitions, you know, show us some gameplay or something. Yeah. We want to see some news. Do we really have to wait till June to see some game news? So I think that's where some of it comes from too. It's just the fact that we haven't really seen anything since hellblade at the game awards really yeah and microsoft has a lot of games in production and we haven't really seen anything of them yet so yeah they have announced a lot of games um they haven't shown and basically any of them um yeah well hellblade is probably the only one where we have seen gameplay um and even that looked more cinematic but still uh let's give them that um i want to touch on one thing um you said, uh, but first I uh, want to catch up on a couple of the super chats. Um, Chaos Might writes in and asks, Jess, what game are you playing right now? Uh, so I Me? Playing a game? On stream? I would never do such a thing. <laughs> um, actually, I can, ju- I, can just sh- I can just show you what I'm playing right now, I think. <laughs> through the yeah. magic of uh, through the magic of technology. Is that is that gonna work? Is that gonna work for me? Uh, is that gonna work? You can share know. your screen. Yeah, I, uh, capture that's... card isn't working sadly. Okay. But um, I I'm actually I'm actually playing Dark Souls right now. Uh, I'm <laughs> doing playing Dark Souls remastered, going through uh, my second playthrough, just messing around. I'm not really doing anything intense right now, like a boss fight or anything. I'm actually nice. grinding because I want some Twinkling Titanite to upgrade my gear. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought get, get some of that out of the way while I'm while I podcasting, you know. I'm yeah. good at multitasking like that. You're definitely good. Uh, I I couldn't do that, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, I, I I recently uh, talked to someone uh, and asked him, how do you do it during a podcast with all the stuff you have to do in parallel? <laughs> Keep up with the chat, talk with your guests, um, change the overlays and stuff, read the super chats, taking notes, and um, yeah. It's stressful. It, it can't be overwhelming. Like I, I started <laughs> streaming recently, and it's it's quite complicated doing all that stuff at the same time. But you yeah. do get used to it. You do get used to it. I think. Yeah, it's probably just practice. <laughs> all right, Dave Ramos uh, writes in the five dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Um, I'm all for quarterly Xbox directs. That cadence matches wonderfully with Xbox stated goal of one triple A game each quarter. Yeah. Um, quarterly, that's definitely their plan. They they said they they want to have a a big release every quarter coming into Game Pass, so that would definitely line up to to that. 
Um, and also, um, Jess, you, you mentioned it. Um, there's this concern about not enough content being either there or ready to be shown. And that's, uh, I think, a perfect uh, segue into the uh, into the, one of the big topics I wanted to, to discuss with you on the show, and that is the Xbox Game Roadmap, because Xbox has actually announced quite a lot uh, games. Yeah, uh, there are around about twenty uh, games that are either announced or known that they are coming. So, for instance, the Gear Six isn't officially announced, but we all know that it is coming. So. Um, adding up on the, on those 20, um, announced or known games, um, we also have, um, a ton of other games that are obviously in the making where we know nothing about. And, uh, that's just the third part, uh, first party stuff. And then we have all these, um, um, games that are well, um, developed with third party publishers, um, you recently uh, also leaked a couple of them um, being in the works. Um, so I want to go through a couple of them and just get your general thoughts. Let's start with the roadmap for this year. I mean, the big one is obviously this year's Starfield. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. They just earlier today, I don't, don't know whether you've seen it, released a little teaser trailer again where they shown a, a guy painting the cover image um on a, on a canvas um teasing oh, really? uh, stuff yeah uh, it's up on the xbox channel uh, like one minute long or so um yeah do what are your expectations for starfield um i i have like no idea sort of what that game is going to be going for like typically like I'm a big fan of the Todd Howard open world RPGs. Since Oblivion, I never played yeah. Morrowind, sadly. But like oh. I got, I played like when I got my 360. I think I think it came with Oblivion. I think like I got a bundle with Oblivion and Dead Rising, and like yeah. I played Dead Rising, and it was like, oh, this is zombies. I get this. But I never played a game like Oblivion before. It was just like mm. a massive world, and I can go anywhere and do what I want. Like I never experienced a game like that before. Um, yeah for whatever reason and it just it just absolutely blew my mind the the freedom that those games give you like it's it's above it's above any like ubisoft open world i'm hating ubisoft oh, yeah. again apparently but but uh <laughs> like the, the fact that you can like do stuff like pick up any object and throw it across mm. a room and you know they, they just feel so dynamic and immersive and i absolutely love them so i'm expecting at least a Todd Howard open world RPG. That's that's a, that's my lowest basic expectations. But generally, what they tend to do with these games is they they always try and take it to the next level. Like you know, mm. with Skyrim, they sort of yeah. the, it was a huge leap for yes. like the engine was a huge leap from Fallout Three and like um, you know, and then and then fallout 4 even though although i felt like fallout fallout 4 stepped back a bit on the rpg depth in favor of trying to be more of a shooter um yeah it still had and, and some other elements very... with the base building and everything yeah um yeah so it's sort of but that's the thing like like they, they try and push it to the next level with like the base building stuff and maybe they didn't execute it that well like i was really looking forward to because like you could build all, all these traps and stuff for your base 
And I spent, I spent a huge amount of time building bases for that four. And I was really hoping that, like, the first time I got attacked by, like, by raiders or whatever, it'd be a really cool moment. But they just got stuck on the terrain and it bugged out and it didn't work mm. that well. And, like, all the traps I'd set up, like, they just walked around them and they never worked. And, you know, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was disappointing. But I could, I could just, I saw what they were going for and I could at least appreciate it. And I still had a, lot, a load of fun building up those bases. And a lot of that stuff was repaired through mods and, you know, mm -hmm. subsequent updates. But, like, at, at launch, it was, it was just sort of an, another fun little objective to do. Even though I felt like, it irritated me how pigeonholed the decisions were in that game. Like you get four dialogue options and they were basically all yes, yes, no, no. A lot yeah. of the time there's that whole <laughs> meme about it. And none of your decisions really mattered except for a few yeah. key moments, which felt like a big letdown from Fallout like 3 and, and New Vegas especially, where yeah. it felt like um, your decisions really had a huge impact on the world story and yeah. the characters. So True. I'm hoping that we get back to decisions mattering I'm hoping yeah. that we get back to, you know, and on, and also I really want to know what they're going to do to add that next level leap. You know, like if if Skyrim Skyrim went to the next level by making the world even bigger and more believable, and the graphics upgrade or whatever. Like mm. obviously Starfield's going to have a graphics upgrade, but like what are the 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 features that we don't know about? Like, am I going yeah. to be able to build and customize my own spaceship? Is there going to be spaceship combat? Like, it feels like there's so much that could happen that we just don't know about. And there's yep. going to be like, I feel like there's going to be some major surprises about that game. But yeah. I'm just, I at the very least, I'm hoping for a, a good Todd Howard RPG. And then anything else above that, I will take as a bonus. But um, yeah, you know, what, what are your feelings on it? Like, do you, are you a big fan of those games too? Or? Oh, totally. Um, Skyrim is one of my absolute favorites of all time. Uh, it is, and I love the Todd Howard games. I played Morrowind also, and even Elder Scrolls too. I played on PC. Um, oh wow! And uh, I I don't know whether I have ever told that story uh, on a show, but Morrowind was probably the game that brought me over from being a PC mainly gamer to con a console mainly gamer. Um, I just oh, really? got my Xbox, the OG Xbox. Um, Halo was obviously the game to play on, on the OG Xbox, but then Morrowind came out and I experienced for the first time a, a game that you usually could only get on PC uh, on a console because I was big into games like Gothic and, and these big massive RPGs. I, I love them too. Uh, even today, yeah, this is these are just my type of games. And um, Morrowind was that experience that you could only have on PC previously, and suddenly it, you could play that on a console, and it it made me a, a console uh, first gamer, to be honest. Um, and then when Oblivion came out, obviously they took it to the next level. Um, Morrowind was still way more linear in its level design and. Um, and then, uh, of course, with Skyrim, they took it uh, again to the next level with really an open world and and uh, the quest design and the non-linear approach to the storyline and having multiple story branches and so on. That was just new. I also f uh, agree on your thoughts on Fallout 4. That was a bit of a letdown. Um, I yeah. want to put out a quote here from Todd Howard on that game that just stuck in my head. Um, he said... 
that uh, Starfield is going to have two of these step out moments. Yeah, that the he went on in this interview. Uh, he's uh, remembered us when we for, for the first time entered from in oblivion the open world, and he's wow, I can go everywhere. And you had the same moment in Skyrim and in Fallout, and he said there will be two of these moments in in Starfield, and I don't know mm. for some reason my mind. Um, immediately thought okay we will have the first one on the first planet wherever we start where you go out on a planet and the second one is going to be when i enter space for the first time so i don't know whether that's <laughs> uh, going to be true but this is now stuck <laughs> in my head that you have these two levels here yeah, where you have like the, the different planets you can explore but you will also have some sort of, uh, um, of space exploration i don't know um whether that's going to be it's true like but that's that's the thing with, with space like your mind can really just go go places i'm like thinking like because no, no man's sky is is kind of amazing in in how big the galaxy is and you can just sort yeah. of fly anywhere and you know you can build bases on all sides of kinds of planets but it's all procedurally generated and it's very very obviously procedurally generated and and um elite dangerous too it's like yeah oh, it's yeah. a massive world but it feels empty it feels yes. empty because there's it's all randomly generated by a computer and there's some sort of uncanny mechanism in your brain where you just know that none of it's real and none of it's crafted whereas skyrim never had that like every yeah. cave you went into skyrim felt handcrafted there was always something to yeah. pick up and something to touch that you just know had been put there by by a by a dev and it wasn't yeah. randomized it was all intentional and dark souls feels like that too like dark souls mm. especially feels like that like every every corner of the game has some sort of nice little surprise all over the place and you know and i think like the open world procedural space games they they miss that they lose that Agreed. And um and this is this is not an attack on people who like those kind of games. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Like there's nothing like Minecraft does it too. Like everything's randomly generated in Minecraft, and yeah. um, you know, you you there's that. You can go on epic adventures with your friends, but like as a, as a solo experience, I don't really I don't really feel that sense of wonder. The the I, the I, same sense of wonder yeah. I felt in Skyrim. I so agree. it's it's like can they can they pull off that sense of handcraftedness? Yeah. With a game that spans planets and systems and solar systems, can they really do that? Will I be able to travel manually in a spaceship? Will I be able to yeah. fly around? Like the, the one of the things that always bugged me about Destiny too was like they were like, "Yeah, you can have a spaceship, but <laughs> yeah, just for loading just, screen." Yeah, for the loading just screen. Loading yeah, screen. exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Let me fly I know it. what like, you mean. Even in like um. In um in Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO, did you ever yeah. play that? Yeah, I played. You can that. get a spaceship yeah. in that, and it's yeah. way better. You can get Absolutely. in the spaceship. You can customize it. You can even dogfight in it in sort of like lilac, like a Star Fox style battles. Star Fox, yeah. Which is um, I love that in Star yeah. Wars: The Old Republic, but it, again, it was very very on rails. So I wonder, like, can Starfield take that experience take that. to the next level? Will I will I be able will, to fly around, or will it be more yeah. like the the outer worlds where it's like, again, the spaceship's just a loading screen, really? Yeah. Um, or maybe your inventory system, in. yeah, where you can change your yeah. loadout or stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But it, the game will definitely have two step out moments, and we will see <laughs> if one of them will be in space. Um, before we move on to the next game, uh, let me catch up on two super chats. The first game, uh, ah, pardon me, we already had that. Um, this one here, Chaos Smite writes in Microsoft needs to have a Nintendo Direct style for games that are coming in the upcoming three to four months with actual gameplay and to have a big E3 show just for all the cinematic trailer announcements. Yeah, in theory, they could have both. Um, the the more yeah gameplay game focused um, direct style uh, events and one big cinematic announcement show at E three definitely would would make sense to have yeah some updates in between the E three shows. I think we all agree here. Yeah. Drawn TJ sends in another uh, generous super chat, uh, $20, uh, and says, Hey guys, did you hear Bethesda reset everyone's skills in the Elder Scrolls online and made everything even? I think it's wrong because me and my cousin grinded the game and they just betrayed us as fans. Your thoughts? Oh, wow. I did not I did. hear that. That's Me neither. Uh, that's news to me. I'm going to have to look into it, but thanks for the heads up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get someone on my team to look into that right now because... You know, that is very strange. Um, that is I wonder why strange. they did that. I mean, yeah, the, the expansion comes out, but it, it kind of feels wrong because isn't that the whole point of these MMOs that you get attached to your achievements, your loot, the stuff that you spend hundreds of hours um, to, to get? Um, see, seems weird to me. Yeah, I'll um I'll have someone look into that because I did try I did Perfect. I'm an MMO fan, right? Like I got ten thousand yeah. hours in World of Warcraft. Like people who people who know me know know yeah. I've got this weird I got this weird thing with World of Warcraft. It's like <laughs> it's like burned on my soul that game is. Mm. Like I can't be objective about that game. There's something about World of Warcraft that's sort of you know scarred into me. And I've tried like loads of other MMOs, and I did try Elder Scrolls Online for a bit. I just found it. I just found it like kind of floaty, and the combat was a bit weird and stuff like that. But I do, I do intimately know like how how your character, your character, you fall in love with your character. Like I, I actually commissioned a painting of my World of Warcraft character. I was that. I was that. <laughs> like when when I decided I was going to stop playing the game, I was like ritualistically, I need something to commemorate the fact that I'm I'm moving on now. Mm -hmm. So I had so I had commissioned the portrait of my wall. <laughs> so you know it's um it's uh I, I appreciate that. So um I'll look into that. But oh, that is yeah. strange. That sucks to hear, man. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. We we will see what you what your team will find out. Um, sounds weird. Let's talk about Redfall. What are your expectations about that game? We haven't really seen anything official outside of that cinematic trailer. There have been these leaks of a couple of screenshots from, from playtesters about six months ago. Um, and the game is supposed to come out summer um, this year, and we haven't seen or heard anything. So what do you think about Redfall? Uh, Will it come mm. out? Will it get delayed? There are Why rumors. Quiet? Yeah, there, there, there were rumors that it was gonna potentially be delayed out of the summer to the autumn. But have they yeah. even officially given a launch window yet? Like they it kind said of in the doesn't... trailer, summer twenty twenty two. That's oh, okay. Yeah. So they have officially given a launch date. So in that case, like there, there is a rumor that it could slip, or it had slipped, and they just haven't mm. said it yet. 
I feel like if it has slipped, they should probably come out and say sooner rather than later because it seemed the information about that seems to be out there, and the and that game see, already seems a bit leaky because some some um, gameplay yeah. footage of it famously leaked a few months ago. Um, but I would not be surprised if that game's like been pushed back, um, especially because some of the reactions to the leaked gameplay footage wasn't particularly super positive. Um, but I haven't. I have no information on my end. Um, I, I actually don't have any good sourcing on what Bethesda's doing at all, frankly. But um, okay. I'm I'm interested in the game. Like I think it's kind of. I'm a big fan of Arcane's games. Like Prey is one of my favorite games of all time. Definitely in my top five. Um, yeah. I absolutely love Prey. I loved every minute of it. I love the world. They building. have just something unique to, to the to their the games. Yeah. Always, also with the Dishonored series, it's it's always something outside yeah. of the. Let's use Ubisoft again. Um, the standard <laughs> formula. It's always something special. Um, yeah, and something unique. I, I actually to um, their games. I, I have like um, I have a I have an inside joke with ex, someone at Xbox at uh, Xbox PR where I say like. Arcane makes unmarketable games because, like, how do you you can't explain them? Yeah, you can't explain yeah. them in the trailer. You just have to play them. Like yeah. Deathloop, like I didn't understand Deathloop from any of the games marketing. I went to like a twenty-minute long press uh, presentation, and I was like, I, mm. I still don't get what this game is. Like, <laughs> you just you just have to play it to get it. Yeah. And um, it's it's like it's a strength and a weakness. <laughs> like, yes. you can't market your game. It's a bit of a problem, but at the same time, it's they make special stuff. So Absolutely. because they make special stuff, I'm optimistic for Redfall. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, do I really want an arcane multiplayer game? I, you know, it's not it's not where I imagine imagine my you know my affinity for their games. But mm. who knows? You know, maybe it'll be yeah. great. Um, I mean, we heard it yeah. is kind of Borderlands like. It was compared to Borderlands to some degree, which mm. would make me happy. I love Borderlands these looter shooter Fair type enough. of games they are they are definitely for me um yeah we will see um one super chat just came in uh, that i don't want to wait on because it touches on the uh, elder scrolls discussion john tj sends in uh, another super chat and says it was done before microsoft bought them but if you haven't played in a long time it's a kick in the teeth they want to make it even uh competitive competitiveness Okay, so it's nothing um, that happened recently. Oh, okay. okay. Um, um, MMOs do this sometimes. Like, it's called, like... It's when an MMO has been out for a long time. They often do these things called, like, gear resets or level resets or no number squishes and stuff like that. Like, um, World of Warcraft, uh, 18 years old this year, off the top of my head, mm -hmm. and they've done it multiple times where it's like, um, you know, we we want to level the playing field and, you know, and every expansion, you know, the gear gear basically resets. Like the gear yeah. you had before is no longer useful. It's just MMOs, I think. Um, it just, it's yeah, just... I mean, even games like Destiny uh, do it, yeah? When when the next season comes out, when the next expansion comes out, basically all your old stuff uh, will be so under-leveled that it's more or less worthless, yeah? Yeah. I uh yeah it's just it's just a symptom of MMOs and service games that have that have a vertical progression like on like if you look at something like Sea of Thieves Sea of Thieves has, has what they call horizontal progression where like your character never really grows yeah. in strength 
but you get like a lot of stuff you get like cosmetics and you know yeah. prestige items and unique tools and stuff like that but your character sort of grows outwards whereas but mmos they have this vertical progression where you're constantly leveling up and you you mm. you know you get this power creep and and um i remember a few years ago in world of warcraft people pe you know there were spells that could hit for over a million damage so like you get like Ka uh, warlock doing cast ball for 1.5 million damage and your screen would just there'd just be a huge number going across your screen you know it, mm. it was ridiculous <laughs> so they 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 do a number like they do a, a power downgrade or like a number squish to to sort of rein that back a bit because it's mm. like after like 10 years of everyone gaining more and more power um sometimes it's kind of good to wipe the slate clean but i get why it kind of feels sucky at the same time though like i get that but it's, it just yeah. seems to be a symptom of the, the genre, sadly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, many games do it. Um, it, it kind of, it's probably also because otherwise you can't bring in new players. They don't stand a chance if you don't do it. But yeah, I, I get his point uh, that it can be frustrating if you spend a lot of time working towards, these, uh, towards uh, your equipment yeah. and loot and stuff. I mean, I played like I played World of Warcraft in the most recent expansion, Shadowlands, um, mm -hmm. and I killed. I did the first raid tier, killed the last boss, whatever. Got a bunch of loot, and I just sort of, I just sort of dropped off because I got so I got too busy at work. It was, um, I think it was was it the year Cyberpunk launched. I think Cyberpunk was just coming out, and the Xbox Series X was launching. I was just like, there's no way I can fit World of Warcraft in my life right now, mm -hmm. and um, I literally resubscribed to WoW last week, and okay, all my gear is useless. It's just useless, and like to cat to catch up would be like an insurmountable task. So at this point in the expansion, it's 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 better for me to just wait until mm -hmm. the next expansion comes out, and then everyone gets reset back to zero. So um, it just seems to be like a symptom of the genre because yeah. you know there'd, there'd be no way for me to catch up otherwise. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. While we are at the Super Chats, another one comes in from Drawn TJ, and he says, sorry for bothering you guys with these questions, but you guys are insiders. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not really an insider. Chess is probably more of one, but uh, he asks, Forza changed it uh, so you get less money in wheel spins plus less money for grinding races. Also, where are the new 2021 and 2022 cars at and the expansion? Yeah, that's a perfect segue. Um, to, to the next question I had, Forza um, Horizon came out obviously last fall, um, last November, um, and uh, this rumor that Forza Motorsport is coming out this year, um, do you think we will see an expansion coming out for Forza um, before that? And also, again, um, of course, yeah, what's with the cars um, and, and additions that they promised for 2021 and 2022? Do you have any idea what is going on there? I have no clue. Like honestly, I don't I don't play racing games at all. So mm. I'm lucky that there's so many people at Windows Central and the team who are into racing games. <laughs> so like I'm not familiar with anything going on with Forza. I just sort of let my, my team deal with that. So I'm gonna have to apologize and say I don't know a damn thing about Forza at the moment. Um I think a lot of people are expecting motorsport to be this year. Yeah. But we haven't heard a, we haven't heard a thing. We haven't heard a peep out of the team, and um, so it could be that um, it could be that this year we get a big expansion for Forza Horizon Five, which is obviously very popular. 
Yeah. Maybe we get a big expansion for Forza Horizon 5 this year and then Motorsport next year, maybe. But honestly, I have no clue. I have absolutely yeah. no clue what's going on. So I also have no clue. I can also only guess. Uh, my guess was actually that they use a big expansion um, to kind of bridge the spring where they have no releases right now. So with a drop in Halo and a drop in, in Forza, Moto, uh, pardon me, Forza Horizon, um, they can kind of bridge that gap. Since it's five years since we had the last motorsport, I would be surprised if it didn't come out this year. It's really a long time for such a racing game. Um, yeah, obviously, they're building the brand new engine um, and everything, and they can take as long as they want um, to, if the game turns out to be great. But um, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that it comes out this year. This is just my gut feeling, but no inside source. So... Um, let me catch up on one last super chat and then um i have a personal question <laughs> because um okay. yeah let's let's do the, uh, the super chat first worst moves uh sense into dollars and says pc gamers love our xbox brothers first players ah first players from twitter shout out to you thank you so much for the for the super chat okay um so we that's basically we covered now Starfield, Redfall, maybe Forza. That's what we know is coming this year. One game that is my most probably my most anticipated game. Um, and I know that you are the only one that comes out and says he has seen the game is about. Um, I'm super excited for about. I love Obsidian, I love the lore. Um where they placed about, and I was super happy to hear that uh, they um stick with the with the same law like in the pillars games and um you have seen that game um yeah. tell us a little bit about your feeling what do you think when will we see that game and when will it come out well honestly the footage i saw of the game was from all the way back in i want to say may or april so almost a year old and to yeah. me, it looked pretty damn great, playable and ready to go, frankly. Okay. Uh, this slice they showed off, it was very, very gorgeous. So the slice I saw is set in a, an area of the Pillars universe called the Living Lands, which is like a mm -hmm. foresty kind of area. I don't know the full-blown lore of that area, the Living Lands, but that was like, it, it felt to me like a hub world um like the, there was a part of the footage where it sort of zoomed out and showed like the the map and it didn't seem so big that it was the, that it was like an open world it felt it reminded me more of the outer worlds where it was like outer worlds took place in these big expansive hubs and they were the sort areas, of connected yeah. yeah yeah and then you were connected to them by your spaceship kind of um it sort of reminded me like that but there are people who you know, pointed out to me that um, they were advertising for open world engineers and stuff like that. And uh, there's there's sort of hints that Avowed is full blown open world. So maybe it was just like a part of the world that I saw, and that it actually is a full blown open world. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, um, but it looked great. Like it really did look great. It's it. So I re I don't want to inflate expectations because th there is a, this is a pretty small team making it. The last mm -hmm. head, head count that I saw, I think it was something in the region of around 120 devs working on the game. Okay. That was quite a long time ago, though, so it's probably different now. But there wasn't like 
it wasn't like a huge amount of devs working on the game. It's not like, you know, the the six the hundreds of people that work on Ubisoft's open world games. So I'm expecting a sort of similar scope to the outer world, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, they could surprise us. It could be bigger in scope, but I am expecting at least sort of the outer world kind of scope. Also, graphically, I'm also expecting sort of like it is it is stylized. The the graphics that I saw were stylized again, similar to the outer world. More detailed than the outer world, I would say, less cartoony than the outer world. Mm-hmm. But it still it still had that sort of stylization. It was a sort of similar kind okay. of engine. It's not so like not, it's not, not gonna be like ultra photorealistic look, but more yeah. yeah, okay. It I, I wouldn't yeah, I, I wouldn't have called it photorealistic, but again, this mm. was early footage, so maybe they'll yeah. surprise us. Um a lot of the the combat looked um it looked like a big step up from outer worlds in terms of its combat like the engine looked more dynamic the animations were a lot better um some of the spells i saw were straight out of pillars of eternity like all the some of the enemies too were straight out of pillars of eternity like there was a lot of those zorip zorip little reptile dudes running around and um there was sort of like there were phys- there was also a lot of physics based combat so like one of the abilities i saw is like a warrior using a sword and shield and he does like he does like a big sort of sparta kick and the mm-hmm. enemy goes flying and ragdoll physics splats into a wall and bounces off it looked really really fun like the the physics almost reminded me of um almost like uh, dying light 2 to be honest with the <laughs> with the quality of the melee combat but there was a lot of spells as well um and they all all from the trailer those sort of crazy hand gestures from the trailer they were all yeah, in the game as well just the sign yeah thing. yeah yeah drawing yeah. the signs to uh cast the fireballs and all the different kinds of magic so it did look super impressive and looked super cool um it looked it just looked fun it just like it looked mm. looked like a lot of fun this slice i store was had no story elements in it it was all 100 focused on combat and it showed like um it showed like bandit gameplay like being stealth dude with a dagger and backstabbing enemies it showed like ranger gameplay with an archer with magic arrows it also showed uh, the warrior gameplay i mentioned with sword and sword and shield and kicking mm-hmm. enemies and stuff like that and there was also like obviously loads of spells i saw like the fireball spell from pillars of eternity massive fireball ripping fire all over the place and um some more like utility type spells like lighting spells and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i saw um a, to- a sequence where they used a torch to burn down obstacles and burn down a door so they could pass through okay. it it just felt like it sort of it reminded me a lot of skyrim honestly it felt like the obsidian the outer worlds teams take on the skyrim formula if like outer worlds is their take on fallout then avowed is their take on skyrim and i think like okay it's gonna be i think it'll be a lot more combat oriented than skyrim potentially and maybe a bit more mass effecty in its sort of like relationships with characters similar to our world was um mm-hmm. But I'm I am obscenely hyped for this game after seeing this gameplay footage, and um, I am, I am not the only person who's who's seen this footage because I showed the footage to Rand and I showed the footage to Clover okay. as well because I wanted them to be able to verify to me for for me to others that this footage is real and I didn't just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they've seen it too, and um, I have no idea. I expect we'll see that game this year because, like I say, last year it looked pretty damn ready. I mean, there were things that weren't implemented, like yeah, uh, there were some effects that weren't implemented, there were some textures that weren't implemented, there was some lighting that clearly wasn't finished or ready to go. 
but it looked the, the gameplay looked solid. Like it looked playable. It looked ready to go. And um, I think we'll probably see we'll probably see the game revealed this year, and then maybe like a launch, maybe like quarter one, quarter two, uh, twenty twenty three, maybe. Um, but yeah, I was super impressed with it, and I think like you can really see Obsidian sort of get into that next level with Microsoft's money, all the hiring they've been doing. The the it just felt like it felt like a str- it looked like it was going to be a stronger game than Outer Worlds was, you know, with a, with a bigger team and, and more experience with the Unreal Engine behind them and and all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm really excited for it, frankly, and it's uh, one of my most anticipated games. Yeah. yeah, I think I think people are going to be happy with it. Just just don't go in expecting like you know, uh, it's not it's not going to be on. I don't think it'd be on the same level as like Starfield or something. Mm-hmm. So like um. I wouldn't expect like that level of fidelity, but if you if you're someone who really enjoyed the Outer Worlds, I, I think I you're did. really gonna enjoy. It. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I thought I think Outer, Outer Worlds was amazing. Um, it was. Yeah, same. Uh, we we have we have these giant open world RPGs on a regular basis, and and Outer Worlds did something special with these uh, more yeah closed areas, intimate, uh, more intimate. Yeah, and um. But they had some of the funniest writing uh, I've heard in a yeah, long time. Ryan is great. In an, yeah, in an RPG, um, the the actual mechanics were great. Um, the way how you could progress your character and stuff, and um, overall, I just I just had fun playing it. I I couldn't put the controller down, and that is always a good sign. So, uh, and I also enjoyed the Pillars of Eternity games. They they are great. Um, Fallout New Vegas is, in my opinion, the best Fallout to date. Um, so, yeah, naturally, I'm excited to see what what uh, about will be. And hearing you talk about it, um, just I'm getting goosebumps. Can't wait to to see the game. Um, yeah, it's it it looks it looks really good. Like, I'm really happy for Obsidian, and I think they're doing amazing things. Like Grounded is just incredible. What what they've pulled off yeah. with Grounded with such a small team initially. Yes is is nothing short of incredible uh obsidian is is probably going to end up being one of microsoft's best purchases and um you know we've also got josh Sawyer's game this year the pentiment um are going to be revealed this year which is sort of it's sort of like being compared to disco elysium um they're just doing great things obsidian i'm really yeah. really happy for that team they're Games an amazing on bigger day. and smaller scopes pentiment you mentioned it um probably going to be a smaller scope of a game like an avowed or yeah an outer world they, too um they literally love... refer to it internally as an indie darling they refer to it as yeah so i mean um, that's what they call grounded the passion project yeah um yeah passion project that that's sort of now had 10 million players it's hilarious <laughs> yeah, it's... What, what they consider to be a, a sort of small passion project that blow, blown yeah. up to 10 million players but it goes to show like how small teams and small budgets with the right idea and the right passion can still create massive waves in this industry, which is why like, you know, this is sort of off topic and, you know, a bit of a diverging topic to to, to discuss, but it's why when people talk about monopolies and stuff and Microsoft, oh, Microsoft's buying up the whole industry. It's like when you can have a team of 12 people create a game that can hit 10 million users and yeah it was on game pass and stuff like that but you know we've seen it we see it happen time and time again like it happened for valheim valheim was never on game pass 
And Valheim sure. is a similar kind of game to Grounded, made by a similar sized team. Yeah. And it's had similar success, you know. And that's indie indie devs can have more access than ever to, to really blow up this industry. So Absolutely. I don't buy a lot of the consolidation stuff because of games yeah. like Grounded. And um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole Monopoly discussion, uh, we had that actually last week on this show. Um, yeah, yeah. It is, it's silly. It is, it's silly. It's stupid. Um, so let's talk about something more fun. Um, what do you think when we see Fable? Now that's a million dollar question. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea on the status of Fable. I have I don't have like a great amount of source on Fable. That game's in lockdown. It's like it's mm -hmm. like even internally. They don't discuss it internally. It's a very secretive game. They don't really share much between the teams, at least that I've seen. I mean, maybe maybe they maybe they have been more recently, but um it's shrouded a mystery. I have no idea what's going on with the game, but they've they've hired a lot of very very expensive triple a talent Developers, from yeah. rockstar cd project red like cd project yeah. red's combat designer and and the writers from all over the place like to, yeah. to really sort of from naughty dogs they hired someone yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah and just recently i've seen a couple of tweets online from x lionhead developers um also joining the team now um you know oh, when really we heard cool. the first rumor um of fable um, I can't remember that off the top of my head. January 2017. That was the <laughs> first time when we heard the rumor that that IP was handed over to a British developer. That was the rumor at the time. <laughs> so, oh, that's five years uh, right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's obviously, really funny. That, yeah, that game was in a very early stage at that time. But I think after five years, um, we should be able to at least see something. Um, yeah it's hard because i know that microsoft was sort of uniquely impacted by covid because yeah. microsoft corporate had very strict rules about working from home for the longest time and a lot of the teams just weren't set up for remote working like i know rare wasn't set up for remote working and and they had, they had like they had like a whole building they're like whole live i've seen it because i've been to rare a couple yeah. of times like that their live ops their live op studio, like all the code commits are just sort of like on these monitors in the in the sort of on the walls and stuff, so they can see what people are working on in different rooms. And they, they had to like pre a pretty short notice translate that entire workflow to remote yeah. servers and cloud and stuff like that. And you know, we saw we saw some leaks this week from uh, from EA internal meetings where they, they blame like work from home and the the switch to work from home. Um, a dice for Battlefield 2042 being is it 2042? 2042 I always get yeah <laughs> yeah I always I always get my 20 my 20s mixed up because of uh, Cyberpunk as well and 2077 and all that stuff but um but yeah they they blame work from home for 2042 being a mess and um you know and I've heard that uh, Halo was struggling because of work from home as well and yeah. I imagine it's sim I imagine it's similar for for um for fable as well for fable yeah so, yeah so um i guess it could be a while still before we see what that game actually represents but you know you, you never know with microsoft sometimes they they, they do surprising things like Surprise buy stuff, companies yeah. for 75 billion dollars so <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen maybe we'll see it next week you never yeah. know <laughs> yeah um, indeed would be awesome uh, i love me some fable I, I was happy 
to here. I, I always enjoyed that British humor. That, that was something unique in the RPG space. So <laughs> <laughs> I've I've only completed Fable Two. Like I haven't. I oh, never okay. really played Fable One. I played. I completed Fable Two, and I never played Fable Three. But so I I'm like I'm I must be a terrible British person because the the humor annoys me. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> I don't want happy games. I want depressing games. Give me more. Dark but, um, no, but, I, I, uh, really I appreciate like that people love it. I was, I was also one of the few people that actually liked Fable Three, um, especially in couch co-op. I played that like two or three times with a buddy of mine in couch co-op. Uh, pizza, yeah. beer, and Fable Three is, is an awesome combination. Um, yeah, I did like the dog in Fable Two. <laughs> the dog was cool. Yeah. Um, another super chat comes in from John TJ. He says, "Are guys excited that? I uh, probably are you guys excited that Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown is coming out this year? It takes place in Hong Kong. The game is made by uh, Kyloton Racing, the creators of WRC." I um, don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, I mentioned earlier I don't play racing games so much. Yeah, but I bet there's people in my team are really hyped about it. Yeah, I I was actually happy to see. Um, I'm I'm not the the biggest sim racer guy. I like the the arcade style. Like Forza Horizon is, is totally my bag. Um, motorsport not so much. Um, I was happy to see that uh, they are going to Hong Kong because we have these arcade racers um not so often in, in in japan and forza horizon was always we had we had that rumor for so many times oh when is forza going to to japan and um that's definitely a great setting so yeah i'm looking forward to see that game um in action then all right um let's continue here for for a few minutes with uh, the game roadmap perfect dark what do you think about that game when we will see it Perfect Dark's interesting. Again, it's another game that I don't yeah. really know much about. It's another game that seems pretty secretive internally. There was um, some LinkedIn some LinkedIn job listings recently that suggest that it's going to have a service game or multiplayer component. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it seems like, it, you know, if it's a shooter, it's a tactical, you know, shooter kind of game, it might work in a multiplayer setting. Um, obviously no idea how, what kind of multiplayer it's going to have. Maybe it'll have, mm. you know, asynchronous, asynchronous sort of invasion style multiplayer, like a death loop or dark, yeah. dark souls where players can invade your game and assassinate you or something, or maybe it'll have full blown competitive, you know, team, team death match. I know we don't know yet. Um, I didn't play the original perfect docs. I, I recently downloaded one of them from the rare, the rare collection, tried it okay. out. And I was just like, what the hell is this? I'm not installed it. <laughs> yeah. That's not age well. up. No, no. no a, I mean, Perfect Dark, <laughs> the original Perfect Dark, was basically the spiritual successor to Goldeneye. Yeah. But, but oh, really? uh, they lost, yeah, they lost the license for James Bond. And so they had to create their own IP. And that is oh, wow. how Perfect Dark came out to be. Yeah. That's and funny. So, <laughs> yeah, it always had a big multiplayer component. Um, and it was always kind of like deathmatch stuff. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit an improved. A multiplayer of Goldeneye, so what it had at in the time, and then we had the obviously the um, the Xbox 360 release of Perfect Dark, which really wasn't that good, to be honest. Um, and it also doesn't hold up very well. I booted that game up um, when the FPS boost thing came out, um, mm. 
but the controls and everything and the mechanics really doesn't hold up. So I was, in my mind, always hoping that this is going to be like a Splinter Cell type of game because the lore and everything would perfectly fit for a Splinter Cell type of game. But they said it's going to be first person. They will also fo focus on some sort of parkour. Um, so in my mind, it's kind of like a mixture of something we see here, like Dying Light 2 and, um, and uh, a first person shooter um, thing. And when I heard the what what you said recently, the 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 LinkedIn thing with a multiplayer component or ongoing live service game, I would have been surprised if the game doesn't include a multiplayer component because that's what made mm. the original so popular. So, oh really? I didn't know the original multiplayer. Like how did yeah. how did it work? Was it was it like uh, Goldeneye it, or anything like that? Yeah, it was. They, they actually had also a couple of maps from GoldenEye in Perfect Dark. Like uh, maps <laughs> oh, like really? Facility and stuff. They had that in Perfect Dark. Yeah. I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea about that. That's interesting. State of Decay 3. What do you think? When will we ah, see now this is, um, this is something I know a little bit more about because um, oh. I do have some information about this internally. I think I said it before on a, on a podcast with uh, Rand and stuff that they are one of the things they are prioritizing for a State of Decay three is making your community feel more human, more alive. So, like um, for those who don't know, State of Decay is sort of you don't play as any one character in State of Decay. You control like a whole community of survivors that are sort of, they're procedurally generated humans. And there's that, again, there's that sort of, that lack of human touch, that sort of, that sort of intrinsic to procedural generation. It sort of, it comes through in State of Decay. Like there are, there are aspects about like the, the community that you don't really care too much about when a community member dies, you know? Yeah. I, I sort of like, in State of Decay 2, like when when my main guy died, I wasn't sad because of who he was as a person. I was sad because he was my most powerful dude. Yes. You know? <laughs> and um yes. and, and yeah, I, I got I got my car got destroyed. I was in the middle of a field. I remember I what well, to be fair, I do remember this event distinctly. So it had an impact on me, but maybe not the impact I wanted. But I was upset not because of who I can't even remember. See, this is the point. I can't remember what he looks like. All I can remember is that. Yeah. He had he was my most powerful character and he had all my best loot and I we all I felt in, about that and then you had, yeah. had like one horde coming at you and uh, yeah. yeah and um he he got killed in the middle of the field and like yeah. even just getting his stuff back was an ordeal because there was a juggernaut yeah. there and I think I think I, I think I crashed into a juggernaut which is, is something you never you should never do with a car because the car will explode yeah. and then and then you're screwed right and then there was a horde there as well and there was zombies everywhere and, and the dude got eaten alive and then he was a zombie you know I come back there and I, I come back there with another character and he was a zombie yeah. it was a cool moment but like I say I didn't care about him as a character or, or a yeah. person but that's yeah. something they want to solve in the state of decay three. They'll be more like from, from what I understand, there'll be more like narrative missions with those procedurally generated characters. And it'd be like, you know, there'll be events based around those characters within the community, without the community where like you sort of get to know the characters more as individuals and sort of build up a story in a more handcrafted way, even is though they the, are still is it that you get to know the generated. characters you play or is it more yeah. the characters you interact with? Both, I think, okay. but it's, they, they, they want, 
if if one of your character your community characters die in State of Decay three, they want you to feel emotional about it, mm. not just because they were powerful and you've lost your loot. They want okay. you to feel like, oh no, I don't. I'm upset because I care about them as a character and, and their mission and and what they're what they're going through and what they've been going through and what their background was. So yeah. narrative and writing is a bigger emphasis in State of Decay three than it was in State of Decay two or State of Decay one, which is um pretty cool to know about. But again, beyond that, I don't know a huge amount of um what the game looks like or where it's going to go and how much you know going into it. There's been a lot of hiring going on there, a lot of remote positions mm-hmm. blowing up for the game. So, like, um, one of the one of the things I kept getting DMs about was like, "Oh my god, have they opened? They've opened extra studios for the game, but um, yeah. they haven't exactly um, opened extra studios. They've sort of got like these remote offices set up, and um, where like devs from multiple studios can um, you know come together and work together in like a single place." And um, so they're they're opening these sort of remote positions all over the country to take advantage of the the, the dev- developer communities where they are and where the universities are and like um, you know talented people coming out of university and stuff like how can we get them on board and get them involved with the project so they're setting up a lot of remote positions for the game to uh, bolster the staff and um, the fact that there is got so much staff working on it compared to the other games suggest to me they do want to take it to that sort of next level mm-hmm. but at the same time these are all remote positions a lot of them from what i understand are probably temporary positions as well um the industry i mean that's not unusual the industry does work on that sort of basis but um i do think state of the k3 will go to the next level and um I'm really excited about it because you know state of the k2 is one of my favorite games even though it's janky as hell it's so addictive um it is, it is addictive. It is an addictive is, game. Yeah, it is. It, I I really I was so tired at work when that game came out because you you play that game and then I do one more house, Come on, <laughs> I, just one more house, <laughs> and then suddenly it's three a.m. and God yeah, damn it, I have to load, get it up loading up your truck with all the resources. Yes, um, it is yeah. it, like you said; it had its issues, and it was and some of the mechanics ca- could be definitely ironed out but uh, in the end the core gameplay mechanic is is just yeah addictive sublime they know then microsoft knows they've got something special with state of decay they know they've got something special with it no other they they like having unique games like there's nothing really like minecraft out there like roblox doesn't really compare to minecraft terraria kind of but it's 2d like there's nothing really comparable to minecraft out there there's nothing comparable out there to sea of thieves either and microsoft yeah. like have likes to have those sort of unique experiences that maybe they aren't like the most super popular you know games in the universe but they they are unique to microsoft and unique yes. to xbox game pass too and um and uh, they do like having that kind of stuff. So and they bring um, in the community all over again. Um, yeah, people play Sea of Thieves for what now? Three years? Um, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and State of the like I too. I can't uh, I can't get into I can't get into Sea of Thieves at all. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's not, not my kind either. of game. Yeah, but I appreciate how popular it is though. Like yeah. it's it's really people are so passionate about this game and I love I love how like you know rare how hard work how hard rare works towards you know expanding the game and adding new features and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. You know it's um I hope that State of Decay 3 gets that level of recognition because they've supported State of Decay 2 really really well as well. Yeah. So 
absolutely for many years now yeah. um and they have yeah. really improved it also not just with bug fixes but also with graphic updates and and obviously content updates and yeah yeah um one super chat came in from baldy mcnose hair <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for the generosity. Brilliant, yeah, I love that name. I don't know if you guys seen Bandai Namco's tweet today, but the pot uh, from Elden Ring is at PlayStation headquarters and people are uh, screaming acquisition. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've seen that Ooh. tweet. Um, I, uh, I think, well, you know, I, people, a lot of Souls fans are nervous in this world of acquisitions because again from soft create unique games like there's a lot yeah. there's a lot of souls like imitators out there like mortal shell and the surge and stuff like that yeah. but none of them really really reached the essence of a from soft game like miyazaki does them and i think like there is nervousness in the community that like if from software goes exclusive to playstation those games almost definitely would go exclusive to playstation it's not it's not like um call of duty which is like too damn big to go exclusive in my opinion mm. like the 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 fromsoft games are they're very popular and a lot of people know about them but in the wider scheme of things they're still relatively niche a lot of people try them but they don't complete them and the engagement isn't that great on them compared to some of the other games that are out there so would from software you know be acquired you know and i think there's a distinct possibility that sony probably would if given the chance acquire from software because they they already have a relationship i believe yeah. sony is an investor in from software and they own a, a small small chunk of the company they're also like probably have existing relationships because of demon souls they're also like you know they're going to have an existing relationship because they've worked together for so long. They're bloodborne as well. And also they're both, you know, entrenched in the Japanese gaming industry, which Microsoft just isn't, doesn't exist. Microsoft just doesn't exist in the Japanese gaming industry. Yep. They're, they're really behind on building up those important relationships, which you need when it comes to acquisitions, like money only gets you so far with acquisitions. Like, yeah. um, they need to have that relationship, you know? And, um, unless your company gets hit with a massive scandal, which craters your share price, as we saw with Activision. So with Activision, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, acquisitions are com comes down to, especially with independent companies, they have to want to be acquired by you. You know, sometimes yeah. it's not just about money. Like Microsoft could go, go to them, like, we'll offer you like a, a million, billion, trillion dollars or whatever. But yeah. like at the end of the day, there's if, always the if, chance of a hostile takeover. But you don't want to have a hostile takeover, and all your talents will leave. Um, then the studio yeah, is exactly. worthless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like you can't even like really hostilely take over a, a private company anyway. Like yeah. you, they'd have to sort of, um, because uh, FromSoft is owned by another parent company as well. So they'd have to want to sell them, and you know, to to get all that in in line in alignment you'd need to have the relationship in place and i just don't think microsoft has that kind of relationship with them so um i don't think uh the pot the pot dude being at sony head headquarters actually means an acquisition is happening but i if if one of the stood if between microsoft and sony if one of them acquired from software it would quite easily probably be sony yeah but i could honestly also see tencent getting them 
potentially because Tencent wants to expand to Japan as well. Yes. And um, Tencent has and a lot of money. <laughs> no, yeah. none of us want that. None of us want Tencent. But no. sometimes you you just uh, can't get what you wish for, right? Um, <laughs> True that. I would. True that. I mean, I I've been on Xbox now. I haven't. I never bought a PlayStation Three. I just didn't buy one. I bought mm. a PlayStation Four Pro, but I've barely used it. I just don't really. I haven't played on PlayStation for years. And but I'm telling you now, if they bought from software, I would get I would go out of my way to buy a PlayStation 5 because I've become such a massive fan of these games. Yeah, Sony knows what games you know create those prestige and yeah, you know, that's why Sony's been working so hard to corner niche genres like fighting games and stuff like that because they know their fans are so damn passionate and they'll influence other people to get PlayStations as well. So, true. True, they they know what the system sellers are. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have all the consoles. Um, always had. Uh, I play all my multiplats on Xbox, though. It's just my preferred ecosystem. But I have the, my my PlayStation for those um, exclusive games. Uh, um, tomorrow, Horizon Forbidden West comes out. Really looking forward to that. These are uh, the kind of games I like and I enjoy. Um, so um but i i agree with you it's um it is a system seller and to have an uh, a game like elden ring or a souls game um exclusive to your platform would be definitely a system seller it'd be huge yeah yeah so before we move uh, into the community question one last question now we talked about the biggest uh um, announced Xbox games. What do you think will the rest of 2022 look for Xbox? We talked about Starfield Redfall. We know Stalker is coming in December. So what do you, do you think? What other games might come out? What will be the surprises? Um, we have these. We have a couple of other games uh, from third-party uh, uh, developers like Project Dragon. Is that ready? I guess says no but project oh, um, infinity where do we stand with these games what do you think will the rest of 2022 look like honestly think 2022 is probably going to be pretty light like a lot of the games that i leaked like swerte and stuff like that are really far yeah. out supposedly project belfry from stoic is closer to being ready but i still think that's 2023 that's so like project belfry rolling action game that we have heard of yeah yeah, yeah project belfry is kind of like it's like a side scrolling base building action tactics kind of game like i'm i'm not 100 sure what it is without looking mm -hmm. at my notes but um it sounds really great like stoic made the banner saga and um which is a great tactics game, which, you know, you guys should check out if you're into tactics games. But uh, this is more like action RPG oriented, I think. And like you get you get to build your own base mm. um, and stuff like that. But there's there's a lot of games in development. Um, obviously, we've got As Dusk Falls still in development, which yeah. is a narrative adventure game, though. So I don't think that's going to, you know, move the needle for a lot of people. But um, I think 2022 is going to be light, honestly. I think we're going to get Star Starfield's going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting yeah. this year. Starfield. Yeah, it's probably going to be the big one. What about Arc 2? That is uh, was um, announced for this year. Yeah, you know, Arc 2. Um, and... I, I am an Arc fan. I, I, I think Studio Wildcard is a wild card. 
you know. Like, <laughs> Ark is the jankiest game I've ever played, so I just... <laughs> I I, yeah. I know people really like their games, but like I just I just like like that pirate game they made. I just I just tried that and I was just like shaking my head, you know, like how yeah. how how can people put up with this? <laughs> so um, but I, I don't know. I know those games are popular, but I do think this year we will see Age of Empires on Xbox, Age yes. of Empires Four. That is, so like there'll be Age of Empires Four to look forward to this year. I'm pretty sure, like you know, you take that ninety percent. I think. Age of Empires 4 this year on Xbox. Um, and also Age of Empires 4 my most DLC. played game last year. Age 4. Oh, really? Age of Empires? Uh, hundreds of hours. Did you play it online? Um, also, Are you a yes. pro? Are you a pro Age of Empires player? Like, do you, do you get all know. sweaty and uber micro and stuff? Uh, <laughs> what, what, is a, what is a pro? I uh, Recently, I beat, for the first time, I, I was doing a match against two AIs on Ultra Hard. I beat them. those. Um, does that count as a pro? Um, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I could beat two AIs on normal. So <laughs> yeah, so but so I, they, they were teamed up two against one. Yeah, so um, I play wow. a lot with uh, Wandering Dutch and Crazy Louie. Um, we play co-op together against uh, AI, and uh, I also play a bit uh, online against randoms. Um, but it's what annoys me is that most of them when they see that they are probably not winning they just quit uh rage quit, quit and it, yeah. it annoys the hell out of me so um, I, hate I, that. I, I hate that yeah like, but it is an, they, an awesome they, game that happens in like i remember that happened in world that used to happen in world of warcraft and they they solved it by like if you quit pvp early you get banned for 30 minutes that's how they solved uh, it in world of warcraft so it's like it's worth it to just hang around rather than quit out <laughs> You know what? Uh, when while we speak about it, um, I have to change the gameplay anyway because we are running out. So let's let's pull up uh, some some H four here. Uh, it is oh, an nice. awesome game. Um, I I've, I need, I have barely touched it to be honest. Like I played like a few of the early campaign missions, and I was just like ended up getting sidetracked on something else because it launched in quite a busy time. But I suck yeah. so bad at these games, man. I quite like um, I like the PvP. Like, have you played Age of Darkness? It's like yeah, you build a little bit base yeah. against zombies and stuff, and uh, they are billions. I like those kind of games where you you make a base and it's, it's sort of like almost like tower defense, but a bit more complicated. But yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't do the the more complicated stuff with the PvP and stuff. I just get completely <laughs> ruined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I love strategy games. Huh? And I'm probably going to play another match now after this show because it is just so good. They, um, um, they were very, they were very tactical about the marketing for Age of Empires in Germany yeah. because it is super, it's super popular in Germany. Yes, um, when they um, yeah, they announced Age in Germany, I believe at Gamescom, and they yeah. also had this like um, big Age of Empires history event where they invited loads of pro RTS players to a cologne and it there was like a like a they actually they actually built like a huge like um i don't know what you call it like a you know you know like in the in the first age where it's like just a little campfire your home base they actually built uh, built one oh, of those for the for yeah. this event it was so super cool but that is cool yeah it was cool yeah and and it is actually really really good it has a super uh a well-designed campaign where they have these little documentaries in between uh, the yeah, levels that, that yeah. 
uh, connect them and they are really well done um and um they have a lot of diversity in the gameplay in the campaign especially um so it's not all just um building up base beating the other guys it's they have they have <laughs> had some great ideas on, on how to do that so yeah i hope for every console player that it really comes out um on console because it is it is a fantastic game one last question do you think contraband is is making 2022 i'm not sure it's possible i mean I, they could surprise us. They could be like at E3 or like, well, mm. not E3. I don't know what you call it now. Like the, the fake E3. That could yeah. be at E3 and just be, yeah. The event they in June. Just, <laughs> the event in June. They could just like, they could just drop it and just be like, yeah, by the way, Contraband's coming out quarter three, quarter yeah. four, whatever. Um, but I have honestly no idea about that game. Um, well, I, I know what the game is. I got the I got the design brief, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know on the timings because obviously a lot of this stuff was written pre-pandemic, and uh, you know, pre the pandemic screwed everything up. So, um, but I may, th there's probably a, a slim chance that it hits 2022. But honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. But I am very excited about that game. It's sort of yeah. it's sort of based entirely around vehicle combat. Um, oh. Very different kind of game um that's, that's they, great yeah they, they sort of basically you plan smuggling runs and heists mm -hmm. and then you execute them and it's sort of like the the idea is to not kill your opponents like the the weapons are sort of like they're all, the weapons revolve around disabling enemy vehicles like uh you know taking out the tires and stuff like mm -hmm. that rather than you know going on massive killing sprees with bloodshed and all that kind of stuff so okay. um it's uh they are going for sort of a sort of more tactical kind of action game um uh where where killing is sort of seen as a last kind of resort sort of thing but you know we'll have to wait and see how it does you know um yeah it's very interesting regardless that's that's interesting um in my mind it was kind of like a grand theft auto type of game where you plan your highest yeah you have obviously vehicles and stuff but then also maybe third person action because that's what avalanche is known for so oh, right, yeah right. interesting stuff but what surprised me is that this game was so long in development when they announced that last year i thought okay this is like three four years out but then they had that <laughs> press statement where they said that they partnered up more than three years so and that was in 2020 so it's mm, now four yeah. years around about in development okay so yeah you think um 2022 is going to be a, a lighter year for xbox um and we will have a couple of things yeah. at the at the end sweet so before uh, chess do you have another uh, let's say 15 20 minutes to have uh, answer some community questions yeah um, man. awesome awesome Rocker. so let me read some of the super chats and then we move to the community questions uh as an xbox game pass sub says uh, dave ramos with a ten dollar super chat it's fun to tune in and um, know we are getting all the new games. And in between the launches, you two folks add layers of enjoyment on top of gaming alone, enjoying the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad you enjoy the show. Then we have Space Dovakin with a $2 super chat says, I think Kado Kawa is not in the market. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Kadokawa own from software, so ah, um, okay, thank you. Yeah, so um, 
a lot of a lot of companies are quite bullish and they're like we're not going to be acquired we're gonna we're gonna do the acquiring like uh, i think ea said that to their shareholders recently when we're not for acquiring which was kind of which was kind of like a dig at activision really it was like mm. yeah activision's got to be acquired because they're such a damn mess you know but yeah ea was kind of like an nah, hour we're fine we don't need to be acquired actually we're gonna acquire others instead because we're so great so mm. like um some some companies are quite bullish and you know we've seen we yeah. see embracer group embrace oh, a new yeah. studio almost every week and they announced their financials are up a million billion percent and all this kind of stuff so some companies are just like nah we're, we're going to be the ones doing the acquiring we're going to be the ones growing we're not we're not looking to sell no matter how, how who comes a knocking you know yeah. so yeah maybe katakawa probably like they're looking at how well from software is doing and probably being like you know we're we're on the verge of blowing up really really big and i think elden ring could be could be that game that really sort of maybe pulls in more people into from software fold because honestly from software games that like well at least in the case of dark souls I'm, I'm by no means an expert at dark souls by any means but i always had this opinion or this sort of sense that dark souls was just going to be this game that was too hard for me to play and that i just would not ever be able to play it and that my reactions weren't good enough because it had such this it had such a scary reputation but honestly the games are nowhere near as hard as you might think and there are a lot there are a lot of ways they're very fair then they're like there's a lot of hidden yeah. items that can make them easier for you like in dark souls one for example like there's a there's a sword there are swords hidden near the start of the game which are just way more powerful than the kind of swords that you you'd find more normally if you just like mm -hmm. look up a guy if you get stuck and look up a guide there's just so many different ways you can make the game easier and um yeah you know uh you're 100 uh, right they are yeah. fair and i think this is this yeah, is very, very important if you design a hard game um it can never be like okay this this feels like uh when i die this wasn't my mistake i never had that in a dark souls game um yeah whenever you die you know knew exactly okay i made this or that mistake um and that is that is very important uh when it comes to challenging games um yeah also very have you played hollow knight that is also a very challenging yeah, game yeah, yeah, yeah. i died, died hundreds of times um but um not once uh, did i think it wasn't my fault yeah when i died yeah john tj sends in another super chat and says do you guys think world of warcraft comes to series x and s yes there you go that's my answer <laughs> super um, <laughs> i think i uh yeah. There, Phil Spencer said in an interview, I can't remember which outlet it was with, but he did he did like a whole string of interviews when they announced Activision purchase. And yeah. you know, he 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 literally called out World of Warcraft and he said, My ambition is to make World of Warcraft more played than ever, you know. Yeah. And yeah, he said maybe, like in five years he wants to be uh, the the uh, the game at the highest player count uh, ever. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I think like I don't know if you can achieve that without bringing it to more platforms. Like what he, yeah. what he's talking about there is like we bring World of Warcraft to mobile devices, we bring World of Warcraft to Xbox, yeah. that kind of stuff. So I do think that is in that is in World of Warcraft's future, undoubtedly. Um, yeah. Now, when exactly that happens is another story entirely, because obviously it's a very very complicated game, and it's um it's a very sort of uh very pc oriented game too like it's it's not really a game that would 
translate instantly to console, the whole con the control system would have to be completely gutted and reworked from the ground up. They'd have to like they'd have to explore. Um, you know how they're going to get the mods working on Xbox because the game is designed around mods, UI mods and stuff. But you basically cannot play it without your UI mods. They've they've yeah. designed the they designed the game around that now. So um, they have to explore how to like overcome a lot of this stuff. And they've, first, they've actually got to buy Activision Blizzard, which is going to take another year on top of all this stuff. So yeah. will will the Warcraft come to Xbox? The the short answer is yeah, I think it will anytime soon the answer is no you're going to be waiting a long time for that one i think yeah but it will come eventually someday sweet um yeah I, I it is one of the biggest ips they got with the acquisition so i would be surprised if they wouldn't make it available to more devices yeah that's yes. their entire strategy yeah all right let's uh, now finally move to the community questions <laughs> So, as wow, always, those jingles. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, as always, um, the community can write in questions on Twitter and uh, YouTube um, during the week to to uh, bring in some questions for the. Was that your girlfriend laughing <laughs> there in the background? Yeah, yeah. My girl, my my girlfriend's watching Germany's Next Top Model right now. Oh, you know, my show. wife does the same thing upstairs. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's watching. Yeah. She's watching it on the surface because I was like, I've got a podcast, okay. and she's like, well, and I think she's she must have forgotten that I'm I'm live right now. <laughs> she's just laughing. So. Uh, That's she's all. In, she's immersed now. I had I had my son one time burst into a podcast, so <laughs> that's all good. Um, yeah, so um, the community can write in questions, yeah, on Twitter, YouTube, um, so that you can be part of this show, even though when you're not watching live. Um, and the first one is coming from Dave Ramos, and um, he says um, he asks the recent Halo Forge League has me wondering. What other non-Cenimax games do you think Xbox may open up to mods? That's interesting. Um, yeah. One of one of the one of the interesting discussions in the industry right now is this whole sort of spiel about the metaverse, right? Now, yeah. the metaverse, Facebook frames the metaverse as something to do with VR, but Microsoft thinks about it differently. The way Microsoft thinks about it is the metaverse is the creator economy. So, i.e., people who can add content to existing game worlds, and that's how they think about the metaverse. So, like when when it comes, or at least or at least part of it, that's partially how they think about the metaverse. So that when they talk about the metaverse, they're talking about Minecraft specifically, because Minecraft is a game where there are companies who all they do is build Minecraft maps and they make millions of dollars. Like yeah. their entire company revolves around Minecraft maps, and they make a huge amount of money on Minecraft through the, the the fees of those um the the fees that developers have to pay to uh work with minecraft as a business and it's a similar business model to roblox and it, you know facebook's gonna have these kind of kind of games too eventually in the future when they actually figure out what the hell they're doing um but yeah uh so microsoft i think it goes beyond just simple mods and stuff like that what microsoft really wants ultimately 
hopefully for them is every game to be sort of have a creator economy component where developers can basically hook into the game and um add you know basically build businesses on top of on top of all this stuff right yeah. that's what they want they want they want to be able to sell this stuff to um to other people and ultimately add content to the game without having to make it themselves and yeah. um it saves them money but it also makes them money at the same time it's a very very you know lucrative business model so the answer to that basically is every game in theory microsoft would love to open up to mods but will how long will that take and all that kind of stuff is a, is another matter entirely it's another question to to ask and it's not, it's another sort of thing microsoft will have to solve and it'll probably another one of them it's going to take a long bloody time i think yeah I mean, there are two different aspects to this. Uh, the one thing you touched on is, of course, user-generated content, like map design, mm. stuff like that. Um, the other thing is actual, really, mods where they change certain aspects of the game. And I kind of feel like the console space is <laughs> difficult with that because the, the thing about it consoles is. is that they have always been this protected ecosystem. Yeah, uh, it's just plug and play. Everything works. You don't have to go, go through the hassle that you have to do on PC. And um, when you bring in content, uh, actual code from from yeah the the from customers from from the community, you jeopardize mm -hmm. the safety of your of your um, of your ecosystem. And that is, I think that is why it's it's going to be hard. But I remember some uh, one interview that was like two years ago. Um, where they actually talk, I think it was Matt Booty who spoke about it, that they had plans um, to extend their efforts with uh, modding on consoles. So, yeah, yeah, we will see. Um, we have one question from Marianne the Matt, and I, I'm a little bit afraid um, to ask this question because I might have to kick you off the show afterwards. What do you think about pineapple on pizza? I love it. I love it. <laughs> give, give give me all the pineapple and pizza. I, I don't know why people uh, don't like it. I don't get it. I, it is. I love pineapple and pizza. You know, pineapple is great. I love pineapple, but I also uh, um, enjoy, for instance, beer, and I en enjoy scotch, and I don't mix them together. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> my, my girlfriend's the same. Like my girlfriend's like, I hate pineapple and pizza. It's evil. Why would you ever do this? You know, we, we, yeah. it's a, it, it, she, she just won't eat it. You know. But uh, it it, does, it it seems like the popularity in Germany of pineapple and pizza seems seems as about as mixed as it is everywhere else. I think. Like my, yeah, yeah. Some, some part my, some parts of my girlfriend's family love it. Some people don't. So it's always <laughs> interesting to find out where people lie on that. But yeah, I love it. I love pineapple and pizza. Yeah, me neither. Uh, me, uh, I don't like it, but taste is different. <laughs> um, so I I can live with that. Um, here, Andrew Sauce writes in best soundtrack for a game. His opinion is Fable 2. What, what are your thoughts? Oh, man, I have I've listened to the Doom soundtrack probably more oh, than any other soundtrack in gaming. I I just love the Doom soundtrack. Like it, it a lot a lot of game a lot of game soundtracks you listen to them because you want to be reminded of the game. I think in some ways, but the Doom soundtrack I listen to like just because it's so freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I forget that it's related to Doom because it's, it just it transcends it's... the game that it's designed around. So just it amazing. Is, it is a great amazing. soundtrack. For me, it would be probably Halo 2. I just love Breaking Benjamin, so <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that. Yeah. Um, all right, then. Um, 
Parmir, I just accidentally closed my OneNote uh, where I have the um, questions written down. Here, Whitehawk writes in, Chess, I'm a big fan of the Civilization series. I was wondering if you had any more information on how similar Project Indus is to, to the Civ series. I'm off the top of my head. I don't know a huge amount of how close it comes to um, Civ itself. All I know is that it's sort of it is forex strategy, which you know implies yeah. civilization-like gameplay. But is it how close is it to Civ itself? Is is something I just don't know at the moment. But um, I will say that Microsoft has a mountain of strategy games in development right now. A mountain. They want to be. They want to be like. They they sort of they want to be like paradox. I think they they've got so many damn strategy games in development. I was shocked when I found out just how many. Like there's a bunch that I haven't even leaked yet. You know, there's that many. There's just loads. Um, so they're, they're yeah they're going hard on strategy. They mm. they've got another game in the Edge of Empires universe that they're working on as well, oh, um, nice. which I know a lot of people are going to be really happy about when when this finally comes out. And um, this guy right here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, and the, and they've got all the strategy games like on new IPs they're making. There's just ton. There's just a mountain of stuff coming. So, hmm. um, it's a cool. Put it this way, it's a cool. If you're into strategy games, it's a great time to be in the Xbox ecosystem right now. That Definitely. is true. That is true. And with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, there's always the hope of StarCraft making a return. That <laughs> would be awesome. <laughs> Just one yep. uh, quick super chat from Crazy Louis. Um, he sends in 250 Dominican, um, is it Pesos? I think it's Dominican yeah, Pesos. Yeah. Boxenberger. Yes, Chess Doom has the one has the one of the best soundtracks. I love that game. Yeah, it is, it is a great oh, yeah. choice. Definitely. And also thanks to uh, uh, Crazy Louis. Uh, he is one of my mods in chat. Um, as well as Jay and Fireboss. Um, they keep the streets here safe, um, which I highly appreciate. And just want to take the opportunity to say a big thank you. Um, it, we have a great chat here. And, so, and sometimes a, a troll comes in, but those keep the streets here safe because um, I like <laughs> to get, to have a, a good conversations here. It's okay. I always say it's okay to disagree. Yeah, That strikes up a good conversation. That's totally cool. But I talked to all of the mods and I said, Listen, if you see someone attacking someone on a personal level uh, or discrimination yeah. or so stuff like that, kick their asses out. There's no space here for that. Um, I want to feel everyone safe to to participate here in the chat, and they do a great job. Thank you, guys. Um, Jess, one last question because we, we already run late. We have a record length here for the show. We are already two hours and 10 minutes in. So one last question um, <laughs> <laughs> before I let you go. Um, damn it. I accidentally closed it again. Where was it? Here. The Bacon Life Roads in. Um, have either of you heard anything new about uh, achieve the achievement system update? Uh, I the only thing I know about the achievement system update is that like they're working on it. Um, Jason, and that's that's public information. Jason Ronald said on the Iron Lords podcast a few yes. weeks ago that um they are intent on addressing some of the feedback that the achievement system sort of become 
uh, I don't know how you describe it really, sort of dormant, old hat kind of. Um, so they are looking at it. When exactly that will materialize into actual content, you know, remains to be seen. Um, but they are working on it, is the short, short and short answer. Yeah. Um, but I don't know beyond that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything else either. Um, just a statement that they are working on, like you said, um, on, on the Iron Law podcast. And um, I think it was like already probably two years ago or so um, where um, um, Major Nelson uh, came out and also said that they think about ways um, how to have some sort of achievements for players that only play one certain game, yeah, but spend a lot of time yeah. in that game. Um But yeah, other than that, um, I haven't heard anything either. Um, but it kind of feels like it needs a revamp, um, the achievement system. Yeah. So we shall see. All right, before like we kind close of, off... Um, yeah. Sorry, Guam. No, please. Uh, I was just saying, like, they, they sort of had a system like this in the works called the... Um, it was called the, the, the... It was codenamed the career system internally. And it was sort of like... The, the aim was to sort of... Um, represent uh gamers who you know because esports gamers all they do is play one game because they have to train on it right yeah so for people who only play esports a game like a load because of esports they don't really play other games and it's sort of it, it the game scores no of no benefit to those kind of gamers so they've been thinking about this for a long time i think the the career system or whatever was in in the works back in 2017 but it got shelved when game pass needed more devs so like game pass needed more devs and those devs got reallocated to to from the career system to game pass and and all that kind of stuff happened and um you know it's sort of it became a sort of uh not second class citizen i mean they just they just scrapped it i think because mm. they just didn't have the dev power But now that everything's sort of, you know, they've they've wrapped up uh, backwards compatibility, they've got more engineers to allocate to all the projects. And um, so hopefully maybe we'll see some of this stuff, you know, looked at in the future. But um, we just have to wait and see, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will see. Um, usually they do work on a lot of stuff that uh, is improving, let's say, the user experience. Um, it's, of course, the achievement system, but also the user interface usually gets like yeah. two, three revamps over the course of a generation. So, um, yeah, looking forward to see what they do. One last super chat came in before uh, we close the show. Dronti Chase says, um, I want a new command in Congo for Xbox. Yeah, I think the publishing rights are with EA right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Definitely a strategy IP uh, that holds a lot of nostalgia for me. No doubt, would be cool. But man, um, yeah, Chess, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it was really awesome chatting with you about all the Xbox games and uh, and the roadmap and Uh, it was, was some great insight that you gave also answered a lot of questions from the chat thank you so much for taking the time let people no, know thank you for they... having me man yeah really it's been a pleasure um let people know where they can find you and what you've been coming up yeah i uh you can find me on um on twitter at jess corden j-z-c-o-r-d-e-n i'm also on uh youtube under a channel called t plus violence where I stream Dark Souls and other Souls-likes. I'll probably be streaming Elden Ring at launch day or on Saturday or something. 
Um, also on windowscentral.com forward slash gaming. If you want to skip all the Microsoft news, um, also windowscentral.com. And uh, WC Gaming tweets and uh, at Windows Central. I'm all over the place. But, uh, but yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, thanks for having me. And um, you know, it's been oh. really, really good show. And uh, your community is awesome. Yeah, yes, it is. The community is awesome. And if the community wants to find you and couldn't remember, all these links are in the description of the show note. And like you said, community is awesome. The chat was on fire today. Thank you so much uh, for participating here in the show. Um, you guys really rock big time. And thanks a lot for the super chats. Um, it's a great time to be a game. A lot of games come out these days. Um, we, we are not getting bored. Um, in, in, no, in early 2022 it's a great time to to be a gamer and so people um keep gaming on um have fun playing what you love and yeah don't forget to game on mm -hmm.